Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. One minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of August, the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. This is the Rick Everson Cavalcade of Whimsy. I am he. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, it's 503-228-4101 if you would like to uh, engage with us via the telephone, 503-228-4101. Uh, you can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com or Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, uh, at KUFO.com. You can also text at 52051. Five two zero five one. In uh, just a moment, we'll be joined by our good friend uh, Dave Schmidtke, who is filling in for Tim Riley. Who's it's all very complicated. So Tim is gone today and tomorrow, but back on Monday. At which point, Sarah, wait, we're all gone. But I'll also be gone. Let me just back up again. Tim is gone today. I'll be gone tomorrow. Both you and Tim will be You and Greg will be here. Yes. On Monday, Tim will be back. You and Greg and I will all be gone. And then a week from Monday, Greg and Tim and I will be back, but you will be gone. Yes, and then I get back next, or the following Wednesday. So nothing's going to be back to normal until Wednesday the 19th, essentially. My whole routine is going to be thrown off for like 12 days or something. Yep, you're going to be a crazy person. Awesome. All right. Uh, here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent uh, Dick Juliano will be joining us uh, today at 520. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins coming up later on as well in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. About the cash for clunkers thing, which doesn't make any sense. It's not like I was going to be taking advantage of it anyway. It's just now I'm angry that I can't. Like, I didn't want to do it until they told me I couldn't because apparently it's out of money again. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. It's all very confusing. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com uh, coming up at 6.40. And at 7 o'clock, food porn with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Uh, Sarah Knight, thank you for pointing that out. We'll do True Blood predictions. So Sarah and I have got predictions for the upcoming episode of True Blood. And, then, and, and here's the thing. You know what I just found out? This is ass. So, A, I got to find a way to watch True Blood and, uh, uh, well, and I guess the... I guess the that's that's the big thing, is I'm going to miss this coming Sunday's episode of True Blood. Unless I can find a way to watch it, I can get it online or something. But then, I come back from New York, so I fly back Sunday the 16th, and that is A, True Blood, B, the season premiere of uh, season three of Mad Men. Guess what time I fly, guess what time I arrive back in Portland from my trip to New York? Portland time. 
10. Midnight. <laughs> that's going to be uh, awesome. That's when my flight. That's not when I get home. That's like when my flight lands. That's when my flight lands uh, that Tuesday. Oh, it's going to suck. <laughs> so oh uh, I'm just preparing you guys. And if so you have like 13 days or whatever to get ready for it, however long it is. Uh, so when I when you hear me on Monday the 17th, I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be in a good way. Uh, I will have just gotten off a plane just a couple hours beforehand, and I'll be all uh, jet lagged and whatnot. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, also today, we're going to be giving away a pair of is it second or third row, Greg? I think it's second. Five, four, three, two. Might be second today. It's all... Uh, th- uh, yes, second row. Second row tickets for the Summer Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County, starring Stained, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. And uh, another pair of tickets to see... Gallagher! Gallagher! Okay, you've got to stop that. Okay. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. I'm so excited that Dave Schmidt is here. Yes. In uh, just moments, we'll reveal. We're making like the like the man behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. They're having to wait for the big reveal. Uh, let's see, uh, real quickly, right out of the gate, just so we can get this done and said and over with. I mean, we'll dwell more on it later. But you saw the horrible True Blood news. You saw yes. All the thing about Anna yes. Paquin marrying yes. that marrying that jackass. Yes. I got that sent to me by seven hundred people last night, <laughs> and it was all. And the subject line also was like, "There is no God." Now, Sam, I'm doing it in Bill's voice, but they were all, but it was all, you know, they were just washing their hands of any hope for a, for a good life for any of us now that that's the case. I think we should reenact uh, True Blood style, like how Bill proposed to Sookie. Would you do me the honor, Miss Sookie? Of, so we, uh, we'll talk about that anyway, but the, but, the, but the jackass that plays Bill on True Blood is marrying Anna Packwood, who, again, I don't even really find hot. But it's it's not even that really that I think Anna Packwood ought, ought to be my, my special friend. It's just that I just don't think that guy ought to get her. So we'll uh, we'll have more on that geek watch coming up today. Double geek watch actually. Double Jackson watch, penis watch, and on that note, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson that was creepy. show. Well, because he was he was requesting it. Live from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland. This is the news. Good morning, Dave Schmidtke. How are you today? Good morning, Rick Emerson. Sarah Dillon, how are you? Great to see you guys again. So good to see you. So, Dave Schmidtke, of course, you uh, recognize his name and his uh, face and his voice, and uh, you have uh, worked all around the Portland area at various oh. various news outlets. And yes. people who are longtime listeners of the show uh, know that you spent a lot of time uh, helping us out with the news last. Where what is it? The last, I guess early Last this year, year early, early two thousand nine. Oh God, that seems like forever ago. It all blurs together. Yeah. Just yeah. one big wash. I know the first time I it was like there was a foot and a half of snow out there. That's right. And That's and I right. think you guys were so surprised to see me. This is, uh, by the way, your in- enduring claim to fame on this show is that you are the one who came up with the name Snowpocalypse, <laughs> because I think you called it Snowgasm. Yeah, Snowgasm. Which, which we thought was great, but, uh, but a little uh, unsettling. It was a little yeah. awkward. And, and so then I think you, you uh, augmented it to be Snowpocalypse, which we just latched onto immediately. And so this last a couple weeks ago when it was so hot, it became Hotpocalypse. Hotpocalypse. Hot so hot you continue to live on. So... Earlier in the in, in the year, you had uh, you'd been kind of coming in and doing some news with us, and uh, and and sounded fantastic. By the way, oh, I thank you. And so thank when you. we uh, heard that Tim was going to be gone, you were the uh, you're the first person we asked. You were oh, the, uh, I loved it. the email that I got from Rick. It was just precious because you know I, I, these guys know this. I, I am not a morning person. No, and you're like more awake than 
uh, both of us combined right now. Yeah, but it's, it's a special day <laughs> for me. And so two days ago, I started prepping myself and working out and going to bed early and taking drugs. Wow. I, I mean, taking Ambien. And so, uh, you know, I was looking forward to it. So, you know, for me, it's, it just stands out in my week and my month. And You're... didn't you sleep in a separate room from your wife last oh, night? Oh, I too? do. That happens anyway because I piss her off so often. Good for you. Yeah. So this is so you are uh, you are wide awake with the thrill of broadcasting. Yes. And by 9 o'clock, I will be probably laying here in a puddle of goo. Well, then it'll be like Tim never left. <laughs> the, well, because Tim is a morning person. But Tim, you know, but the thing is, Tim is usually, I mean, I got here early today. But I, I still get here early. It's Tim. Tim gets, Tim is here and working at 3. Wow. Not like he gets up at 3 or he leaves at 3. At 3, he is here sitting at the desk working away. And I got here around 3.30 today. And even that was, I just, you know, just waking up and you just, you know, you want to reach for a handgun just to sort of end everything. Oh, yeah. But, um, the, the very first time that you came in and did news with us, it was on, it was, it, it was maybe not the first day, but it was one of the first days that we had that huge snowstorm last year. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it was, I think it was a Friday because I think it was the day that, that, uh, that Storm and the Balls have been playing a show. And I think they almost, they, I think the show, the, the show went on, but I think almost nobody showed up. It was like the one of their winter Wonderball things and they had to cancel the day. And it was, but it was nobody left the house. Certainly nobody was coming to work here because they're all soft. And, and so Sarah and I had just, well, because, the, because they're all just, they're just pussies about it. Where they're just, I can't get out of my house in Beaverton. There's five inches of snow. I'm just not going to be able to leave. And Sarah and I, I think, had just, because we didn't know we didn't know what a hardy person you were at that time, and I think we'd just written you off, not because of you as such, just because of the, the winners. Sarah and I are like, well, that's fine. We're just going to have to do everything ourselves. And then you like walked in, like the door opens, and like like Nanook of the North, you just strode in. You're like, I am here to do the news. <laughs> I do news. I am Dave Schmidtke, <laughs> and I am flatulent. Also that too. Yes. Uh, well, let's just do like uh, a couple uh, right out of the gate here, and then we'll uh, take a break and get caught up. So we'll just do. Uh, to a few of uh, today's uh, today's larger headlines. Dave. Today is the news. Survivors of the Tuesday night gym shooting in Pittsburgh are still in shock over the event. 48-year-old George Sodini is accused of walking into the health club, shooting 13 people in an aerobics class, and then taking his own life. Police say 49-year-old Elizabeth Gannon, 46-year-old Heidi Overmeyer, and 38-year-old Jody Billingsley were killed in the rampage, while authorities now admit the shooter may have made multiple dry runs before the actual bloodshed. Police say they don't believe anyone could have prevented Sodini from the attack. Uh, we'll talk uh, more about this later, but did you read, did you read the guy's, uh, his, his, what's it, his online journal thing, his blog? No. Oh, it's the creepiest thing. It's so unbelievably creepy. It's, uh, and I mean, and not just because like, hey, it's written by a guy who shot some people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, it's still, the the creepiest part of the end is when he, he says something like, at the end of the, he, you know, and he, it's basically this online diary about like, well, Today I'm it, like like the diary you always heard those Columbine kids at words you know today I woke up filled with loathing for all humanity and bought a gun, but at the end it says something like please feel free uh, to duplicate this and spread it around the internet and give it to anybody please don't alter it unless you'd like to correct my spelling errors it, it's just so bizarre it's the most it's the most off putting thing. Yeah, here, here's, there's, this is an interesting one. Lynette Frome, who was briefly in the limelight, she so craved after pointing a gun at President Gerald R. Ford, you may remember her as Squeaky. Well, Squeaky will be released from federal prison on August 16th. Um, now, interestingly enough, that is, what, 40 years, the 40-year anniversary? Yes, of the Manson. I think the Manson, uh, I think the Manson killings were the 13th, or was that Woodstock? Maybe they were both the same, but it was in August. It was like the second week of August. Here's how I know. Because of like by a total coincidence, even before the thing came out that Squeaky Fromm was going to be paroled, 
on Anderson Cooper last night. They had Vincent Bugliosi on there. He was the you know the the prosecutor guy, the Manson prosecutor, mm-hmm. and they were talking about the 40th anniversary and does he think that Manson will ever get out? And you know they roll that guy out every you know every five years in August to talk about Manson. And I think that was before this news had even come out. So it's somebody's got a perverse uh, sense of humor somewhere. Well, yeah, it says Miss Fromm was part of the group known as the Manson family, some of whose members killed the actress Sharon Tate and six other people in California 40 years ago this month. Yeah. Now, Squeaky was never implicated in those particular crimes. No, she's nuts, though. She's, oh. I mean, in a kind of a hot way. I mean, we'll have, those have no illusions about that. Really? She's, no, she is the cutest of all, she's the cutest of all the Manson girls, except for Leslie Van Houten. She's, I mean, Leslie Van Houten is sort of the uh, the murderous, psychopathic girl next door, but Squeaky Fromm is, you know, she's a close second to me. Well, she's it's, she's like the Marianne of the Ginger Marianne du- duo there, you think? <laughs> she's the Marianne of the uh, of the Manson world, yes. Uh, let's do this. It's straight ahead. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Dick Uliano. More with Dave Schmidtke at the News Desk uh, coming up later on the day. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. And your shot at second row tickets for Summer of Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County. Stay there. Back after this, we are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Welcome to my room. RickEmerson.com Do it now. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Without further ado, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill CNN Radio correspondent, Dick Uliano. Hello, Dick. How are you on this uh, fine Thursday morning? How are you, my friend? Doing good. Really good. Thanks. Um, let me uh, ask you this question about uh, Sotomay- the Sotomayor confirmation, which continues to z- sort of just uh, flow through. They say that the way appears clear and unobstructed, which means that the sort of discord for which I occasionally root doesn't <laughs> seem to be in the offing. It seems to be regrettably smooth sailing. Is there any way that I could turn things around and have <laughs> some... funny. Actually, uh, there is a little bit of discord in this, but f- uh, first, there, there absolutely is. But first, let me say that... Uh, she is a short confirmation. Uh, the Senate will vote uh, 12 o'clock your time, and America will have its first Hispanic Supreme Court justice and only the third woman uh, to the United States Supreme Court. And she will win overwhelmingly. Uh, of course, all the Democrats will vote for her. What only remains to be seen, Rick, is how many Republicans. We know at least seven of the 40 will vote for her. Will she get half of the Republican votes or just a handful? We'll see. So there's, uh, you know, if I were to, there's no amount of crude Photoshop that I could do in the next couple of hours, maybe to sort of slow things. Well, that's that's fine. <laughs> Here's the Discord. Uh, I think this is fascinating. I hope you and the, in- and the listeners think it's interesting. You know, Rick, I've been in Washington a long time, uh, three decades, 30 years. This is the first time I have ever seen in my time in Washington uh, someone who will join the Supreme Court after having promised the Senate, which must provide its advice and consent, promised the Senate that she would not be the type of justice that the president who named her said he wanted. Well, and that actually is a, is a question I had. There was some early sort of friction about this nomination, and it burned off really quickly. So the, the, my question is, did, uh, did, did the Obama administration have to burn any of that so-called political capital that they're always talking about to get this done, or did it, did it cost them relatively little? 
No, no. I mean, uh, she she really, uh, uh, coming out of the gate, uh, the senators liked her, basically liked her. She's very competent. She has a lot of experience, 17 years on the federal bench, more experience than anybody who's who joining the Supreme Court in 100 years, experience as a judge, you know, hearing cases. Mm-hmm. But, you know, President Obama said he wanted someone who would rule from the heart right. as well as the head. And she assured the Congress, the Senate, she would not do that. She didn't think it was right uh, that she will rely on the law and not on her heart. You know, if you if you listen really closely somewhere, you can hear Robert Bork angrily crushing up a beer can and throwing <laughs> it at the television. Just my theory. Yeah, right. he was borked for sure. Uh, uh, but you know, she, easy sailing for her. And uh, you know, was, you know, another thing I think is kind of interesting. Uh, it's 240 miles. Uh, from the Bronx, New York, to the Supreme Court. But I was thinking, you know, for her, rising from poverty in the Bronx to uh, the Supreme Court has really been the achievement of a lifetime. And, you know, and it, she got points of this. Is, this is how my brain works. She got points with me right out of the gate when she said that the thing that inspired her to, to you know, to eventually a judge, but first to become a lawyer, was watching, um, was watching Perry Mason Perry reruns. Mason. <laughs> and she was, she was talking about, you know, watching Raymond Burr striding uh, manfully up and down in, in the courtroom and just handing, uh, handing what's his name, Hamilton uh, right. Berger, his head every single episode. We, so. we, we, we can relate from you know being home with the flu and watching old Perry Mason reruns. Exactly. On that note, my friend, have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. There you go. Dick Giuliano, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Hello, Sarah Dillon. Hello. All right. Oh, and I just as a side note here. So I meant to uh, I meant to do this at the top. This has become a thing we've been doing recently, where we uh, we go over the most search items on Google. So as of fourteen minutes ago, most search Google items include at number seven. Were there more leaked photos of Vanessa? What's her name from High School Musical? Vanessa Hutchins. Hutchins. Ew, I don't know. The first ones were so boring. I, that's the thing. It's not even really interesting to me. It's just that I know that I'm not supposed to see them, so therefore I want to. Uh, so we've got. Did you want me to try and find them so you don't feel pervy? Well, I assume that just by having said it, that means Greg will be searching for them somewhere because that seems to be the, seems to be the way, the way that it works. Um, so sure, why not? So we've got. <laughs> oh, and then right below that, it actually says Vanessa Hudgens' new pictures. So yeah, there must be new ones. Vanessa. Uh, let's see. Uh, search result number sixteen. Should I look up nude pictures. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, and then uh, right below that, we have this is the number uh, forty-five most searched item on Google as of fourteen minutes ago. What do you feed a yeti? So there you go. Excellent. That is, people are weird. Right. Hello, Dave Schmicky. Hello, Rick Emerson. Oh wait. Hello, uh, hello, Rick Emerson, hello. Sarah Dillon. Hey, How are you? Glasses, by the way, are not. Uh, those are not something you were wearing last time. I no. think you should get glasses that look exactly like that, right? You have this. Well, they're sort of the. They're not like the half moon. They're not like Dumbledore glasses, but they're the sort of. They're readers. They're yeah. They're like re- the rectangular or something, yeah, and you can sort yeah. of put them at the. But I like that style. That would look good on you with the dark on the top, and then. It's the sexy librarian look. Wow, the, the, the best part was like the little sort of like the little sideways tilt of your head and how you kind of like pushed your shoulders a little bit, like waggled your shoulders at me as you did that, like a Betty Grable. Um, is it now? Is it because you like it the way that they, that they sit at the end of his nose? Is that the deal, or do you or do you just like the color scheme, Sarah? I mean, what is the? I like I like the color scheme. I like the way that they're dark on the bottom and the way that they kind of go up a little right. on the sides. You don't think I, that, think I think it's new glasses time for you. You don't think they make me look stodgy? Not that you do, but you can make Maybe it work. Maybe Dave will let you try ah. on his glasses. Uh, uh, Dave, now play your cards right there, big fella. 
Okay. Well, yeah, creepy um, start to the morning. Today. On that note. Oh, I love it. All right, so coming up uh, later on today, we have uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. We'll also talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, Kelly Clark with Food Porn from uh, Willamette Week. And Sarah and I will do our... Uh, and th- by the way, there's nobody else now who likes... We were thinking that maybe you were a True Blood fan because we're always... We're like junkies. We, we we're always trying to find somebody it else. during the break. He said that he's going to start watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's an, I didn't realize it was an HBO series, and I actually get that right yeah. now. So uh, I'll, I'll check it out. My wife, though, just asked me to switch over to Showtime so she can watch the new season of Dexter. So Dude. there could be a little bit of an argument here at home. There. Well, keep in mind that True Blood's not good. It's bad. It's oh. awful. It's oh. very, it's very bad. poorly written, badly acted. Oh, that, that's why it's so good. Terribly yes. directed. Yes. Oh. That's why it's amazing, and we count down every week till the new episode. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, just as a special treat later, I'll play you some, uh, I'll play you some so-called acting uh, from True Blood, and you'll, uh, you'll get to hear it for yourself firsthand. This is like the movie, what's that one movie, Planet Nine? Um, oh, no, but see, it's, oh, you're talking about Planet Nine from Outer Space? Yeah. See, I suppose, except like... It's kind of like a porn and just all kinds of, like, and horrible acting and just all rolled into one big ball of of wonderful. That's what True Blood... Well, I'm going to write down this observation. We don't have time to do it now, but I'm going okay. to make a note to myself because you really hit on something there. All right. Uh, straight ahead news from Dave Schmidtke coming up uh, in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Sometime this hour, we'll be giving away the complete second season of Pushing Daisies on DVD, so you want to be listening for that as well. Back momentarily. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Thursday morning. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through Limp Bizkit and the rock star. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101, we're here with uh, Dave Schmidtke, who's filling in for the vacationing Tim Riley. So, Tim Riley, uh, back on Monday, but then uh, we'll all be gone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, most of us will be back the next month. We'll all be in New York at the same time. Sarah's back Wednesday, which, <laughs> which I got another raft of email about it uh, yesterday. Was, uh, in fact, well, somebody I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't say who. Uh, but I got a uh, somebody from a local media outlet who then sent me this email like, so you and Sarah and Greg are all going to be in New York at the same time. What's that about? And I email back, and I'm like, "Dear person, it's not about anything. It's just a, it's just a pleasant coincidence." I should just let people think that there's some master scheme at work. I don't even like. I don't even understand what people would think we're doing. Because I, th- I guess the, the, I guess the theory is that there's 49 other states, and in those 49 other states, there's 7,000 cities. And so uh, the but there's idea only that one New York. That's. We all have to start singing now. <laughs> do we? Have to, do we have to like whip out some canes and start twirling around like a Bjork video? But uh, it, it, you know, and there's it's it's a center of media and broadcast and whatever. And plus, CBS is based there, and so I guess they're thinking that there's something either tremendously good or tremendously bad. By the way, it's not anything tremendously bad. They don't ever call. They don't ever let you go anywhere fun for that. They just no, do that in the office no down the hall. <laughs> no. They would just be. I get, I got an email yesterday that they moved the refrigerator out of the studio, and I was starting to read bad things into that. I got an email. We have moved the Viso fridge out of the studio back down the hall, and I was like, "Well, that's it. That was it's good, over. Good run while it lasted." <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it is Dave Schmidtke. <laughs> Sorry, a little uh, inhaled something there. Live from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. And this is Dave Schmidtke. Sorry about that. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> 
Sorry, man, that happened. The percentage of U.S. homeowners who owe more than their house is worth will nearly double to 48% in 2011 from 26% in the end of March, portending another blow to the housing market. Home prices declines will have their biggest impact on prime conforming loans that meet underwriting and size guidelines of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Uh, the Deutsch analyst Karen Weaver says we project the next phase of the housing decline will have a far greater impact on prime borrowers. So this is like when your house is worth like three hundred, but you owe four hundred or right. something on it. That's and, and so they're saying it's going to be more than half. Yeah, that's. I you know I don't know how that can even be possible and have the whole thing survive because you're going to have people are saying, well, uh, why am I going to pay? This why am I paying my mortgage? Why why would you? There you go. Well, that's like when you and that's the way we hear the voice of Ray Liotta saying like, and then then once the you know the bills were too high, then we just burned the restaurant down, and then it's him and Joe Pesci running out of the Italian place after they, after they set it on fire. So, but you're right. I mean, you got half the country who owes more than the house is worth. You got to figure at some point everybody's going to thought that we're all going to take a silent vote at some point and just go, well, f it. What do you think? Let's yeah. just not pay. What if we all just told the mortgage companies to go F themselves? Well, that's a, it's like, I forget who it was. It might have been the, I was somebody, Dennis Miller or somebody was making that point about how we, you know, how we owe China like $700 trillion or something. He's just like, why don't we just not pay it? You yeah. know, F you. We're not, we're not, pay, which I have made a horrible kind of sense to me. I listened. I said, well, you know, that's actually not so crazy. I mean, really, we're just going to, well, no. No, no, we're not going to give it to you. All right, here's uh, Dave Schmicky. All right, in New York City, where you will all be shortly, hundreds of city public school kids are learning good grades pay off. School Chancellor Joel Klein is doling out over $825,000 in cash rewards to high school students who perform well on advanced placement exams. Klein says he wants to see the progress continue. We expect more and more from our kids, they will deliver more and more. We want everyone at all levels, even the kids who are on the exams and to get in level threes. We want them to be level four. See, and this is a thing that I've really come around on uh, as as an adult. Usually it goes the opposite of the way. Usually when you're a kid, you, you, know, you know, you when you're a kid, you are in favor of things being, um, you know, obviously tilted in favor of young people. Then once you pass 18, you just screw them, little bastards. <laughs> as soon as you graduate from high school, you're in favor of year-round school. It doesn't matter. Like, the instant you get out of high school, it doesn't matter. You keep the kids in school 363 days a year. It's fine. Yeah. But bars on the windows, too. And, and as an adult, I look back and I realize... That the idea of paying kids to, to perform well in school is actually not so crazy. I that was a thing that there was a lot of sort of discussion about that um, for a couple of years when I was growing up. There was a thing in the media where they would always profile some family where the kids got paid x amount of dollars by the by the parents or whatever to get good grades, and there was always this sort of like clucking of tongues and a sort of that was generally that was. That was thought poorly of because the idea was that you ought to be pursuing education for its own sake, and would, which is retarded because clearly you don't like you don't go to work for its own sake most of the time. It's not like you wake up and go, I just, boy, I just can't. I'm going to go work there for 40 years, not for money, mind you, just because I love it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So it seems like the, the idea of paying kids to perform well in school is just uh, it seems reasonable to me. Well, and you know, and the other thing that I like about it is it gets us a little bit uh, further away from that that hackneyed notion of there are no losers. <laughs> <laughs> because clearly there are. Yeah. I mean, and and there are when you get outside of school, so you might as well learn right now that, you know, I mean, hey, you're going to get paid or you're not going to get paid. Absolutely. And you and you know what? And you have a good point about that. You better figure that out early on, friend, because if it turns out that you're in the, uh, if you're in the two-thirds of uh, folks who are simply not going to make it in this world, you probably should figure that out. 
you know, before the game gets too uh, too far in, so you can uh, you can figure out a backup plan of some kind. <laughs> anyway, the city education department reports a twenty percent spike in students passing the AP exam, with thirty one high school participating in the cash incentive program. Each student earns one thousand dollars for capturing a passing grade. Now wait a minute. Now what is the AP exam? That's the uh, advanced placement. Yeah, advanced placement. Now, but what does that do? Like, what, in other words, when would you take an AP exam? Wouldn't that be like a PSAT? Sarah, Sarah? I like, don't what know. Is it, what do you take an I AP exam? I never took an AP exam. Is I just it, know what it is. I wonder what you what. Uh, I wonder what you're taking that like in furtherance of. Well, it's not to get into advanced, college, is it? Advanced placement isn't that like when you go to like smarter classes in high school. And is it the yeah. but, uh, and is the th- is that a thing where you like if you pass that you take a class that gets you college credit while you're still in high school is that the deal? You know I don't know it doesn't have that here but from what I recall it 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 can set you up to the next higher level of of classes in high school and aim you towards like uh, what's what brothers used to call like prereqs pre yeah, yeah okay yeah, for, think, for college but I think it's like they don't want to they don't want to uh, like they don't want to waste your time with it or yeah. whatever so it's or, like it, they you know. get you into the shop class. That and uh, it really, and it, you know, the thing is, and it's just as you know, it's just so you can, it's just so you can get away from a guy, yeah, whose whole life is going to be spent making an off kilter uh, ashtray and then stealing your car when you're not looking. Yeah, which is most of the kids that I went to school with. <laughs> uh, let's uh, do this. Hello, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Who might this be? This is Rachel. Hello, Rachel. How are you today? Uh, well, I'm finishing off my ten hour shift. And uh, uh, what uh, what kind of job do you have, Rachel? Well, right now, I am a security patrol officer. Did you have to beat anybody senseless today? No, but I almost ran over some teenage boys for giving me some lip. Excellent. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. Just between you and I, if you decide you want to do that in the future, I will completely alibi for you. Oh, thank you. But I did want to bring up a point. Um, yesterday, I remember you guys talking about how awesome Sweden is. And I do want to let you know just a little bit extra um, I've been to Sweden. I have friends that uh, have gone through school in Sweden, our teachers in Sweden. And kids from junior high on get paid to go to high school from the government. Right, well, and Sweden has one of the highest standards of living in the world. They have, and I think it's, there's not a lot of people who live. I think the population is relatively, I mean, relatively small compared to other industrialized nations. I was reading some story about Sweden the other day where they said that professional video game players in Sweden are as big there as, you know, like your NBA All-Star, your your Major League Baseball All-Star would be here. And and the guy said he had a simple two-sentence explanation for it. He said they have an unbelievable amount of money and, and they have an unbelievable amount of free time because everybody makes such a good living. So it seems like maybe all of those, uh, all those things are connected. It's true, and they're taxed quite a bit. Like, they're taxed, you know, through the roof. But at the same time, they have free health care. Everybody has health care. Well, that's just... And- uh, that's it's basic human right. You that's know? just that's just godless socialism, Rachel. Yeah, and uh, exactly. I won't allow it. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can call us anytime. All right. All right there you go. That is uh, Rachel. There you go. All right. Here's uh, Dave Schmicky. In Australia, uh, probably not as um, the beautiful place as Sweden, especially for Sahal Sahid, because you see Sahid. Was- Woke up screaming the other morning. He's in excruciating pain after his roommate, Wahamed Wahani, emptied the contents of a hot oil-filled saucepan on him. Yeah. Ow. Ow. 12% of his body was burned, uh, and he was quickly taken to a Melbourne hospital. Now, you're wondering what in the world would make your roommate so angry, so completely PO'd at you to poor Boiling Dave's oil shaking him. his fist angrily, by the way, as he reads, like, method <laughs> acting his way through this. <laughs> oh, Fabius.
Wow. Anyway, okay. Wow. Wow. Is yeah. there an explanation? Still pretty, the buzz from last night? Pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember that email I asked, can I come in drunk? Did you? Uh, yeah. Oh, of course you can. It's yeah. good to see you well, didn't wait for permission. See, good thing. It's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Wait, right? Did you say you took Ambien last night? I did. Let me just ask you this. Is that stuff great? Uh, it's, I, I, I don't think I'd be here. And if I were here, I'd look like, you know, dog poop warmed over. Yeah. I, uh, does it, I mean, does it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Does it just put you to sleep or is it a, does it, is it, is it a sedative overall? In other words, it's not like, you know, there's like a Valium or something, which is just, Mm -hmm. just mellows you out, but it doesn't put you to sleep as such. Is Ambien just for you to sleep, period? Well, and and I think where people get into trouble is they, they ignore the instructions because the instructions say you are laying in bed. Ah, you put pill in mouth. Right, because otherwise you'll just, yeah. just wake up on the kitchen floor. And, you know, I think I told you the stories when I decided to experiment with it years ago and went completely nutty, had about two, three beers, had an Ambien, destroyed my wife's cookie bouquet. Is this when you did Her the... cookie bouquet? Yeah. Wait a minute. Were you... Is this the... Uh, is this the, the... When we had the phrase... I apologize. Night molester? Oh, no. Midnight Romeo. I'm pretty sure it was Night Molester, but it's okay. <laughs> well, Maybe that was Sarah's read on the situation. You, you took a pretty thing and made it dirty. But this is, that's what we do. So yeah. basically you, you but it makes y'all gropey. have relations. Yeah, it makes y'all gropey. Yeah, but that that wasn't Ambien. I just did that without Ambien, where I just wake up and I was another person. And, <laughs> that's just your chromosomes. Oh, my love, I took you in my arms. And, you know, that's not normally me. Mormon, I'm kind of, you know, usually, oh, you want to kiss? <laughs> but anyway, why in the world? You guys have this ability to get me talking about stuff I shouldn't talk about on the air. I'm just saying. So you now, if you take one of those things, does it say, like, you must block out? Because I, I, uh, I take this, uh, this sleeping pill uh, called, uh, it's called Trazodone. And it'll actually say, like, if you don't have seven hours, yeah, don't like, take. don't F with this. Don't, like, put it back in, yeah. in the bottle. Like, if, you can't, if you can't sleep all the way through this, don't. And I ignored that once. The first, I don't know, the first week I was taking it, I was like, ah, you know, that's for lightweights. You know, I'm Rick Emerson. And I, like, I take it. <laughs> and I got out of bed the next day. And thank God it was, uh, you know, it was early enough that I had time to sort of recover from this. But I got up at, I don't know, whatever, like 3.30 or 4 in the morning or something. Got out of bed, and my the bedroom is right near the kitchen, so it's like three steps. So I get out of bed, feet on the floor, walk out into the kitchen, and the next thing I knew, I woke up like on my back in the kitchen because yeah. I had just like, bam, I had just fallen over because it's a because it's a real strong muscle relaxant, basically. And I just and I just it completely just tipped over and fell on my ass, and then you know, and I I don't think I was unconscious for a long time, but I fell back onto the ground and immediately just and was out. So it's, don't get Rick talking about pills; he'll just go on forever. Oh, too late. Uh, okay, too late. Uh, well, oh, we've got a break. <laughs> so, okay, so when we come back, we'll find out why the boiling oil. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. Why always the burning? The answer is uh, straight ahead. More with Dave Schmidtke coming up next. In the 6 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. At 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark with Food Porn. Uh, And at uh, 8 o'clock, Lisa Desjardins from CNN. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. Here alongside Dave Schmidtke, who is filling in for Tim Riley. I'm already getting the, uh, where is Tim? OMG. Tim is just on vacation. He will return Monday. Uh, be listening. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Text messages at 52051. This one uh, regarding Dave Schmidtke and his ambient usage and his night 
Romeoing. Uh, it says, <laughs> "My wife does the same thing. Really horny and won't shut up." I don't think that's. I don't think that's what he was saying, sir. I think that's a that's a drastic revision of the story. Wow. Uh, really horny and too can't much shut up. Information. Uh, let's see. So uh, coming up in this hour, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. At 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week uh, with Food Porn. We'll have Facebook Poetry coming up today at uh, 7 o'clock as well. We'll have our True Blood predictions at 8.20. Lisa Desjardins at uh, 8 o'clock. It's, uh, basically, if you tune out for even three seconds, you'll have to take your own life later out of shame and misery. Uh, there, Schmicky, what headlines are you following today? Oh, we never finished the boiled in oil story. Yeah, well, it turns out the 23-year-old Sahal Sahid woke up in Melbourne, Australia, screaming because hot oil has just been poured over 12% of his body by his roommate. Uh, and it turns out the reason the roommate, uh, Mr. Wahani, was so upset is he had gone to the chicken shop called Nando's, where uh, Sahid works, and wanted to purchase an entire chicken. But Mr. Sahid said, you know, I think you should just have a quarter of the chicken, not the whole thing. So, in retaliation, roommate waited till man comes home from job at chicken shop and practically lights him on fire. So, because he was told to eat less? Yeah, basically. So it's not like they were fighting over the chicken, like the guy ate the chicken that belonged to the roommate. Yeah, the former worker at the takeaway chicken shop called Nando's was angry that a whole Nando's chicken has been purchased by Mr. Saeed rather than a quarter chicken. So this is sort of like... So he gave him more chicken. Than, so, he, than he wanted. Yeah. So is this like if Sarah bought a whole chicken? Not that she would do that, but if Sarah bought a whole chicken and I said... <laughs> Why would I not buy a whole chicken? Yeah, don't you think you should have a quarter of a chicken instead? Yeah. So then the implication is you don't need a whole chicken. Then you fall asleep yeah. at the booth here. <laughs> yeah. And, and she meanwhile, pours, she goes to the microwave and gets a, yeah, yeah. gets a hot pocket and drops that on your forehead. That's, uh, that's unpleasant. All right. But uh, headlines. Yes. Um, we're going to have a rather creative use for super glue that the victim did not think was so darn creative. Excellent. Has the cash for clunkers program gone clunk? And a local Oregon man wins a national Scrabble championship. Yay! Excellent. All right. So we should uh, address just for a second. So so Tim is on vacation uh, today, tomorrow, and then uh, we're gone next week. But we'll be back more or less when things will be back to normal on Monday, the uh, Monday the seventeenth. I'll be gone. You'll be gone, uh, but Thanks you'll be back on Wednesday. Well, I'm just more or less back to normal, normal. not entirely. But I. But the thing is, and so I get off the plane midnight, and then I gotta uh, probably just come here and go to sleep here again. And, and that's then, what I'm gonna do from the airport. Except I have to stop Tuesday. by my house at some point and try to get a copy of. Uh, Mad Men and, and, you know, what's up this so I can get up to speed with that. It's all, anyway, it's all very chaotic. But we should address the fact that we're all going to be in New York because it is just a coincidence. People would be reading a lot into this. So let's go around the room. Uh, Greg Nibbler, you are going to be in New York for what reason? Uh, I will be in New York visiting my friends who live in Brooklyn. All right. And is this you and uh, Mrs. Nibbler? Yes. Right. Yes, indeed. And there are no little Nibblers, correct? This no, is, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> yes, I yes, coined that phrase yesterday. I, I don't know how I and feel also about he's, that yet. But. And also, he's such a Nibbler, he's the Nib Man. Did you ever, are you the Nib Man? Uh, Sarah came up with all kinds of names for me yesterday. I don't, I don't know where I'll be. We had a long up. work day, so after we got off, I'm not going to lie, Nib and I went and had a beer. Had a after. few? <laughs> no, only two. Began giving each other nicknames? <laughs> yes, well, we decided... <laughs> We were going to do this whole genius idea tomorrow, so it's just going to be him and I to do a kooky morning show. And so we were coming up with kooky morning show bits um, for like a couple hours. It was hilarious. These include nicknames of... Yes, we're going to be uh, 
<laughs> the Nib Man and Sarah Triple X Dylan in the morning. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. You know, here's the thing about it is that it, just in the world of radio, that's scarily plausible. Like, it's not even coloring outside the lines too much. But then we were going to, um, but then I was going to be the character where I was the hot MILF who talked about my boobs all the time. And so we were going to be uh, ah. nibs and bibs in the morning. Please don't say that. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Trixie I'm... McBoob and the Nibster. <laughs> With... <laughs> Trixie McBoob. <laughs> and the Nibster. <laughs> I'm trying to find. Yeah, what are you trying to find? You look distracted. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. I, I'm actually listening with one ear, but with the other, with the other <laughs> half of my brain, I am looking for that sounder that Brent made that has that, that there was that napalm in the morning thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Because I was talking about, I was saying that I should have a the morning show alter napalm ego. Napalm in the morning. He's napalm in the morning, and it was sort of like I love the sound of napalm in the morning. I don't know where it went. All right, um, all right. So you, Hootie McBoob, where uh, you're going to be in <laughs> Trixie McBoob. I'm sorry, Trixie McBoob. I am going to Brooklyn as well to visit my sister because she is. Um, have I talked about this on the show? That no. my sister. Oh, no. well, my sister's moving to Portland. And that is happening when? She's moving here right before my birthday in October. Awesome. And we haven't lived in the same place in over 10 years. I'm really excited. But uh, so since she is moving to Portland, that means she won't be living in New York, which means they won't have a free place to stay. Anymore. Oh, I see. So you got to take advantage. You got to sponge while you can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go stay with her in Brooklyn. She lives in uh, in Williamsburg. So I'm going to go there and wander around, Excellent. do what I usually do. She works during the day, so I usually just take the subway and explore the whole city. And I have no reason to be going to New York. I'm going there for no real reason. For no, it's just I we're owe totally my wife. We're pass each other on the streets. Totally. Well, that's that, because it, we're all going to be in probably, I mean, we are all. Are you going to be in Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, because that's because there's a lot of like great Italian stuff there. And so we're going to go, we're going to go, because we don't really have any plans. That's the thing is we have, we're there from like Friday through Saturday night, basically. But it's just that we don't really have anything scheduled as such. We kind of, because the first few times we went, we overscheduled. And it, the, being in New York, is just, I mean, it's a great place, but it wears you out after a while. And plus, you're just like, oh, I got to get to the other side of Queens in 14 minutes. Let's run to the subway. And we overscheduled, and now we've gotten to the point where we're just very sort of loose about it. Because no, there's I, all... I never plan anything. Yeah. I wake up in the morning, and that's when I make my decision. I'm like, what do I feel like doing today? I'm like, oh, find the Ghostbusters firehouse. That's and it's not like there's a lack of things to do. No, there's you not. Know? Oh, so, so, I mean, you're stuff. never going to be short of that stuff. So, all right. Uh, well, we should uh, do this. Uh, we have time for probably uh, nothing else here. And plus, it'll give me time to find this napalm in the morning thing. It's going to bug me otherwise. Uh, straight ahead, we will have uh, more from uh, Dave Schmicky, who is in for the vacationing Tim Riley today. Coming up at 640, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week at 7 o'clock, and Lisa Desjardins from CNN at 8. Stay there. Back right after this. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts. We'd like to glean it from your brain. Your tasty, tasty brain. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. I'm uh, Rick Emerson alongside alongside Sarah X. Dylan, uh, Greg Nibbler, and in for the vacationing, Tim Riley, Dave Schmidtke. Live from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. An Oregon man is $10,000 richer after winning the 2009 National Scrabble Championship in Ohio. Dave Weigard, Weigand, excuse me, of Portland, Oregon, took first place Wednesday with 25 wins and six losses in the 31-game competition. Now, the National Scrabble Association said the final match featured words such as 
acini, which is a sac-like part of a gland, and wall, that's W-A-W-L, meaning to cry like a cat. Sack like part of the gland? Yes. Is that sack Sexy. spelled S A C? S A C. See, that grosses me out for some reason. I don't know why. When it's missing the K? Yeah, when, it's, when they, you see the word sack missing the K, does that gross you out? It kind of does. And also, like when um, when people misspell, like, um, like, hey, come over here. What? Which. which... Oh yeah, it was like or or, or like when you uh, or the uh, the thing that bugs me is when people will uh, they will sometimes write um, they will shorten because to cause is just c u z. Oh, I just do a b slash c, which drives me crazy. But the thing about sack is like that's an actual word, like yeah. that's a medical term, and they'll say like your your lungs are filled with fluid like sacks, and it's s a c. It does gross me. And out. it's it like seems I wrong. It, that's the thing is like taking the k off of it makes it a creepy science word for some reason. <laughs> it makes it a scary thing that I, I don't, don't want in my body. My lungs are full of. Sack. That's what I'm talking about. And also, the thing about Scrabble players is, I mean, hardcore Scrabble players is they're crazy. Yeah. And I don't just mean because they're really well, into Scrabble. anything players are yeah. crazy. Well, Have these you guys seen... all live in the basement of their parents' house still. Well, I we were talking times. about that documentary. Was it called Word Wars Word or Word Wars? something? Yeah. And there's that uh, the guy, and he has the full-on, like, the pants up to his nipples yeah. and, the, and the belt, and he's, you know, has never known the touch of a, of a woman ever or anyone ever. Right. And... um there was, I think it was either, it was either in that documentary, it was in something else, where there was like this full-on brawl that almost erupted at some, I was funny, I was just talking to a guy about this yesterday, actually, this brawl that almost erupted at a Scrabble match, because they used this thing, the Scrabble Players di- uh, Bible, which is a dictionary, it's the official Scrabble right. playing dictionary, and it's like, if the word isn't in there, it is it's not a word, it doesn't matter if it's in Webster's, and if it's right. in the Oxford Dictionary, and there was somebody who was trying to do the word, uh, partied, past tense to party, P-A-R-T-I-E-D, and it's not in the dictionary. And the judge was, and somebody challenged the word, which I guess you can do like once around or, you know, yeah. whatever. And they said, you know, it's not a word. And they, the, the guy said, no, 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 party is the past tense of departed. They looked it up and it wasn't in the dictionary. And so they disallowed it. And I thought there was going to be fist fights. I mean, I thought that they were going to start coming to punching each other in the face about it. So they take it really seriously, which is a thing that is, that is both entertaining and, and deeply sad, I suppose. But good for you, Oregon guy. Yes, way to go. All right. With a vote on the popular Cash for Clunkers extension still pending in the U.S. Senate, Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood is busy promoting the program. LaHood says the program has filled every objective. Oh, I'm sorry. That was uh, me. This is uh, the LaHood guy talking about Cash for Clunkers. And he says... uh, 80% of the vehicles coming in are trucks or SUVs and... The lion's share going out the door, more fuel-efficient cars. So it's a win-win-win-win all the way around. He sounds like a really exciting guy you'd want to have at your parties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to try to impersonate, you know, when the bite was, the sound wasn't coming up. And I thought, well, what in the world am I going to say? And I wouldn't have sounded like that, I guarantee you. No. Well, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid says the boat to pump another $2 billion, with a B, dollars into the clunkers program may be delayed until the weekend uh this is a huge lift for the american economy and we can say that this part of the stimulus has worked wow could you possibly spit more <laughs> he sounds like uh the dude from princess bride oh, oh yeah. Yeah, can you see on the glass in front of me uh, this is a huge lift for the american he's okay here's what he sounds like he sounds like the inconceivable guy Mixed with David Letterman, maybe from a few years back. Uh, this is a huge lift for the American economy, and we can say that this part of the stimulus has So worked. he's that guy impersonating Letterman, because he has that Letterman cadence, yeah, but he, he does. does that whole, you know, when death is on the line, <laughs> that, that thing. You know, that who is that guy? What is that guy's name? I don't know, but he did a fill-in role on Family Guy one time as Stewie's yet-to-be-conceived evil brother. 
Is that him? Yeah. I wow. I guess I. And he's I, on Gossip Girl. Is he really? And he's also in he's um, Blair's stepfather. He's also in. I think he's in Annie Hall. He's either in Annie yeah. Hall or Manhattan. He's the guy that uh, Woody Allen refers to him as. Uh, he's 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 a little homunculus. And then Diane Keaton or somebody talks about how he's a real sexual lothario. It's all very disconcerting. That's right. Was that the where it shows uh, it's Stewie and his uh, and his evil twin as they are just they're like single like like sperm or something yeah. and they're, yeah. they're like battling it out for supremacy. Yes, but it's like the sperm is sort of a spaceship. Yeah, and Stewie, well, it's, it's like that uh, inner space movie. It's a takeoff off of that where Stewie gets in the ship that's then shrunk down to right. cellular level and injected into Peter's body to try to stop this. Uh, that's this right. Act. Oh, by the way, speaking of inside your body, I got this email about uh, drugs, and by drugs I mean Ambien. It says, hey, heard Dave talking about Ambien earlier. I was taking Ambien for a while because of sleep issues prior to my back surgery. I take it about an hour before bed, so when I laid down, I'd be out. The effect seemed to be uh, the effect that was caused by this was memory loss. So I kid you not, for the life of me, I would lose about an hour and a half of the previous night. I never got those memories back, and I don't know what I was doing during that hour and a half. Oh, that's so creepy. It's pretty weird when you try to remember something and you can't. I eventually went to half a pill, and it worked out great. I haven't been on them now for a couple of years. See you, Neil. And that's a thing that uh, there were news stories about there. People would be driving or... Like, raping or something. <laughs> is this guy setting us up to where we're going to have to be testifying in a courtroom? That's he'll, he'll. This is he's setting up his alibi ahead yeah. of time. He's you know where he's on the record as saying that yeah. he can't control himself when he takes it. That didn't happen to you though, right? I mean, you would just sort of be groggy, but it's not like you had big blocks of time missing. Oh yeah, like you know, yeah, pretty time much. Smart. Yeah, well, you know, there was a, no, wake up mind. eating a case of Dove bars at a Tidyman's <laughs> food mart or well, something. Like one one day while, while I was, I had a big tie project I was doing and so I took I later in the day went to went to bed took an ambient uh, my wife woke up before I did, and out in the hallway where I was not doing the tiling project, I had taken shoes and lint rollers and I put shoe lint ro- roller shoe lint roller well see the lint rollers were the spacers that you put down in between the tile and the shoes were the tiles and I don't remember that's doing creepy that's huh? really creepy. that's completely <laughs> creepy that's like a glimpse into just so you know, that's a glimpse into what it's going to be like when you've got Alzheimer's someday. Well, and the worst part is my wife, who who works for AM Northwest, took a picture of this, put it on the air without telling me, and then shared the story. Well, that's what spouses are for, Dave. They're show prep. <laughs> you know that. That's why date somebody if you uh, can't uh, exploit their miseries on the air. Exactly. You know, whatever. So, all right. Well, look, I'll put it this way, um, because we, we apparently we can't go a day without mentioning this. At least she wasn't on the air talking about how you wet wet the bed, um, you know, because um, you always bring this up every day because it's, uh, you know, because it's interesting. It's a slice of life. So there's somebody in this room who's not you and not me, okay. Dave, who was uh, with somebody romantically for a time. And then this person whose name rhymes with Sarah woke up and discovered that the person she was with had uh, lost control. He'd evacuated his bladder while they slept. This is recently, like within the last this is two like years? A, like a couple months ago. Oh. Oh, that's recent. He doesn't spend the night there anymore, uh, or um, the days, or any time there at all, ever, No, under any circumstances. I think that's probably a wise idea. The deal breaker. Here's that Gosh. Dave Schmicky in for Tim Riley today. <laughs> hey, I think it's time for a penis watch. Is it ever? Here's your uh, penis watch for Thursday. Enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. Everything is going my way. Bow, bow, bow.
Here's Dave Schmidtke in for the vacationing. Tim Riley with your penis watch. A wannabe Don Juan was tempted to a motel in Wisconsin by a prospect of a tryst with one of his numerous lovers. But instead of a night of passion, a light of amore, according to court documents, he found himself confronted by four angry women. Along them, amongst them, and with them, his wife and another girlfriend, uh-oh, and on the receiving end of a revenge attack grisly enough to make any philanderer think again. Prosecutors are investigating the convoluted incident that ended with a man tied to a bed with his penis superglued to his stomach. Oh. Uh, all right. And the idea of being tempted to a Wisconsin hotel by a <laughs> panoply of, of lovely ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so did they all... I mean, how would they all have found one another, though? I mean... Well, it's kind of... It's like one of the women he was dating suspected that he was married, found out his wife called, and then the whole thing started, you know... It unraveled. And she told two people, and she told two people, and pretty soon, uh, they all found each other. If you get on, you know, just do a Google search on this, you'll find uh, the, the the mug shots, at least, what, three of them here. Are they uh, are they attractive? Are these the kind of women worth getting your penis super glued for? Wisconsin. <laughs> So no. Uh, let's see. What uh, what is this? Uh, well, I guess I could just put penis super glue. Hold on. Super. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's see here. Yeah. Oh you know. well. Right out of the gate, uh, this is this first woman that I'm that I'm seeing is not. This is it's a lot of. Uh, no. 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 Do not want. Oh. I just this woman, this like frizzy haired woman that I'm seeing. This is the first mugshot uh, that has come up here. Oh, that's wow. she kind of has that look on her no. face. Like, she is not. No. Yeah, yeah I did it. <laughs> no, I, it's, that's exactly right too. She and she, her arms are crossed. And she's kind of like. Why don't you take my picture, Mister Man? Yeah, Mister Booking Guy. Because I've got super glue for you, buddy. You keep calling it a lover's triangle, but if it's three women and one guy, wouldn't it be a lover's square? It's a lover. Yes. Well, yeah, and the, the three women rhombus. were out of the square. It's. I mean, you know, it's not like. You know, he's married to one of the... I, this guy just really asking for trouble. The married man was dating both Sewell and Zeman. Yes. The other woman... Oh, and then he's marrying... The, then he's dated the sister, too. So uh, yeah. so he's married. He... Uh, let's see. He got... He's the married... The women are free on $200 cash bails. <laughs> <laughs> In other words... There's the door. Just go right ahead. Don't, don't worry about it. You can also bring in some box tops or a wheel of cheese if you would like. <laughs> so he's married to one woman. He is seeing three other women, two of whom are sisters, right. by the way. So that made, I would imagine, the identification of this guy a little bit easier. Yeah, so this top woman. Just... Oh, my God. I have details. Did really? You know this? Criminal complaints filed Friday alleged the man agreed to be bound with sheer sheets and blindfolded with a pillowcase for a rub down by Zeman. She instead cut off his underwear with scissors and summoned the others into the room with a text message. She struck the man in the face and used crazy glue to attach his penis to his stomach when the other women arrived. The mental investigators he also was threatened with a gun. And they all look they all look strangely satisfied. If you look at their uh, mug shots, it seems like it was probably well, it's two hundred dollars. I mean, what do they care? Well, apparently he's been conning them into money too, so he can stay at this hotel on their on their nickel. <laughs> Uh, the man got free from the bed by chewing through one of his bindings, <laughs> then went outside and borrowed a telephone from the motel owner to call the police. Uh, Can you imagine me. that moment when you're asking for that phone? Yeah, don't don't look down there. I just need to use your phone. I uh, seem to be all glued up, uh, and I don't have my pants. Uh, could you give me a phone, please? And I have to urinate soon. I don't want to shower. That's the other thing, and you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to, to relieve yourself. <laughs> You'd be like that fountain with a little boy, you know, pretty much. But it'd just be going. I I don't think it would go anywhere, though. I think the uh, how do I. With this. Well, I think if it's the, stuck, I mean, wouldn't it? But wouldn't the, you know, like crimping a garden hose? But you could have a split flow. But I don't think it's not inside, it's on the outside. 
It's just a different angle. I know where it is. <laughs> Thank I understand. You, Thank you. Wait a minute. Hold on. I... Oh, damn. That's what that thing is. Holy crap. I thought it was a thumb. The But I but I, but it, it seems... Well, never mind. We should... Oh, okay. I you see know what I'm what saying? It's saying. like... Um, it's like when you... Full, you know, it's, have you ever had an ironing... Let me ask you this. Do you ever have an ironing board that mounts on the back of a door? Sure. Mm. Yes. Yeah. When you yeah. fold the ironing board back up, you can't iron, is my point. Well, but the ironing board doesn't have a hole on the tip that is primary function. I don't even know what we're talking uh, about now. Uh, it's just, you know, we're... Yeah. We should move on. We should Take move on. look right. at my yeah. enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Final thought here. This is from, uh, uh, let's see, Jenny. Jenny says... I barely have time for one spouse. Kudos to this guy for nailing three chicks, I guess. But man, who has the time? I guess maybe if you do one every other day or something. I think about that with polygamists all the time. I wonder if they have to have like a spreadsheet or something, or like how you would even how you would even quantify how to make that work. I right, we'll talk more about it. Straight ahead, we have more with Dave Schmicky. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunion, sir. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. We're here alongside Dave Schmidtke, who is in for the vacationing. Tim Riley, Sarah Dillon, Greg Nibbler here as well. Uh, coming up at 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week with another installment of Food Porn. Uh, Facebook poetry on the way. At 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Cena Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. And nobody can change it because I already printed them. Facebook poetry? Yeah. That's so if you wrote stuff. something stupid, it's already on. If you embarrassed yourself publicly, you're about to do so a second time and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, coming up at 820, we'll do our true blood predictions uh, as well. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend Mr. Skin. Hello, sir, and how are uh, things in your life on this fine Thursday? Everything's great, Rick. Everything's great. Um, I wanted to mention that Julia and Julia opens in theaters this weekend. It's uh, uh, Meryl Streep plays Julia Childs, and Amy Adams plays a Julia Childs wannabe, and it's PG-13. There's no nudity, but believe it or not, both uh, Academy Award actresses have done nudity. Meryl Streep in Silkwood, 24 minutes in, a nice left breast flash. And uh, Amy Adams, uh, before she was famous in Psycho Beach Party, kind of a B-movie, uh, where she was naked. So uh, no nudity in Julia and Julia, but both stars have been nude. I also wanted to mention there's a horror movie that opens in theaters this weekend called The Collector, and there is some great nudity. Uh, the star of the movie is Madeline Zima, who, Rick, you might remember, she was the youngest kid on The Nanny, uh, Fran Drescher's show, and she's all grown up now a uh, one of the uh, players on Californication, the one that David Duchovny had an affair with, uh, the one that punched him in the face during sex. She, okay, so she is the girl that is on Californication. She plays, and she's of age, but she plays a 16-year-old that right. Duchovny inadvertently, well, not inadvertently yeah. sleeps with, but inadvertently sleeps with an underage girl anyway uh, in the first episode. That's her. Exactly. That's, that's the girl from The Nanny? Yeah, she was the youngest kid in the nanny. Oh, God, I'm a terrible person. All right, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, in this movie, The Collector, 56 minutes in, she's also topless for her second career nude scene, and it's a great uh, nude scene. And, uh, by the way, Californication should be starting up soon, and uh, uh, we'll get to see more of Madeline Zima. But she is the co-star of The Collector in theater. She's naked 56 minutes in. Um, I also wanted to mention a DVD called... Uh, 
an American Affair, which is at the new release section of your favorite video store. It's a period piece, a political drama based uh, during JFK's uh, reign in office. And Gretchen Maul plays a, a mistress to JFK and many other powerful men in Washington at the time. And uh, uh, Gretchen, you might know from the notorious Betty Page, a great biopic on Betty Page where she was nude. She's also naked in this, 40 minutes in, uh, during a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a scene with one of her Johns. But anyway, uh, uh, great nudity in American Affair. And uh, finally, Rick, I wanted to mention next week is the 10-year anniversary of MrSkin.com. And uh, we've been counting down the 100 greatest nude scenes of all time, uh, all summer, uh, 10 at a time. And uh, next week when I talk to you, I will unveil the uh, 10 greatest nude scenes of all time in honor of our 10-year anniversary. Awesome. Well, congratulations in advance, my friend, and have a uh, fantastic weekend. As always, you are doing the Lord's work. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. All right, now I got to go back and uh, I was going to say, well, I'll watch The Nanny, but that's not really going to work. I gotta Is back that and the watch... blonde girl from Beethoven? No, 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 no. Beethoven, really? Did you just <laughs> reference Beethoven with Charles Grodin? Yeah. <laughs> that part is your reaction, like there's nothing weird about that. Yes, I did. What of it? I thought that the girl on the nanny, now I have to look this up. No, it, well, I don't know. I haven't seen Beethoven, Beethoven as many she times was also, as she wasn't in Beethoven's fifth. <laughs> she was in Beethoven and uh, she was on 90210. She played uh, the kid who killed himself in the first, first season's uh, uh, sister. Uh, well, see, now I'd have to go back and watch The Nanny or perhaps one I'm of Charles Grodin's films. In uh, Californication, she's got jet black hair. She's kind of... Um, you know she's not. Uh, you know she's a slender girl, but name? curvy. Uh, I don't. I. It, I don't know because as soon as he said, "Here's the thing," just at the risk of sounding like a pig male, I forgot her name because as soon as he referenced her as the hot girl that punches Duchovny in the face during sex, which is also hot, uh, that's suddenly that was uh, everything. Words and thoughts it just all <laughs> kind of went out of my head. It was just that. Do you watch Californication? No, I, I don't. Zim uh, uh, Zibler, like merging you and Dave Zinn and Zima for some reason. Madeline Zima is her name. I Madeline think it's Madeline Zima, Zena, Zema. Uh, is Greg's uh, microphone? Uh, yeah, sorry. What is her name? Greg, uh, Madeline Zima, Zena. I honestly I don't remember, but uh, like you said, as soon as you mentioned hot girl punching in the face, that's all I can think of. <laughs> See though, so th- that is um, that is the very first episode where David Duchovny goes to. I think I told you this. Okay, actually. this isn't the girl I was thinking of, but she's pretty. He go, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I gotta stop. Everybody, let's you get a hold take of ourselves. Okay, I know the name. Two things. One, in the first episode, Duchovny plays a novelist, and this always happens, I'm sure. He goes to, like, a Barnes & Noble or something, and a girl's like, hey, are you the guy who wrote whatever? And he's, like, reading his own book or something. And so she just takes a moment and just uh, stoops him because he's a hot novelist, which I'm sure you just it takes place constantly. That's how the real world works. Mm-hmm. Secondly, she punches him in the face a lot during sex, which is really hot. Thirdly, she's got two sisters that are gorgeous. So there's three, and they're not, like, triplets. But they're all about the same age. So there is a photograph. If you go to IMDb and look her up, it's a photograph of who of her and her two hot sisters all like standing together for a night in the town in New York. It's like the best thing you've ever seen in your life. So uh, and also she's evil. That character is evil because she, you know, she's underage and then she just holds it over him like like from then on. Uh, it, it, and also, and I'm not giving anything away, away here really, but um, final uh, statement about Californication. So she's underage in the show. They get it on, and it turns out that she is also the daughter of the guy his ex-wife is marrying. The ex-wife he's trying to get back. So it's just it's just the most awkward, great show. 
Straight I can't wait to start watching it. It is. You, it's, I think you're going to like it. He's unlikable, but it sort of works, actually. The show is uh, the show is good. Very likable is Dave Schmidtke, who returns uh, next with more news, plus Kelly Clark from the Willamette. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a uh, few minutes, we'll have Facebook poetry. Uh, at 8 o'clock, Lisa Desjardins from uh, CNN Radio on the Hill will talk to us about the uh, Cash for Clunkers program. First it was working, and then it wasn't working, and then it was working, but it was like only for like another day that and a half. That phrase just totally annoys me. Cash for every, clunkers. Every time I hear it, it, yeah. just, it annoys the crap out of me. It's just because it's, you'll forgive the phrase, it's a, it, it's a clunky play in words. Like, mm. it's, just, it's, it's just unimaginative. It just seems, it, it's unimaginative, and it just seems really outdated. Yeah, and, and also it's not cash, by the way. You know, when somebody says you're going to be getting cash, you might expect to be getting, you know, cash and this isn't that uh, this is a tax credit it's a value but it's and the thing is it's not even a tax credit it's a tax credit that you must use for something specific so it's like if you buy my car don't buy my car but the and then if you're going to do it why don't you like uh, you know set that up so it's not going to run out of money within like four days whatever the hell it was the first time um anyways we'll talk to lisa desjardin about that we've got our uh, true blood predictions for this week coming up at 8 20 and of course dave <laughs> schmicky is here uh, filling in for the vacationing tim riley uh dave what headlines are we working on on this Thursday morning? Well, you know, Rick, more big-time TV jobs may be gone when a popular soap opera moves. I know you're all waiting with bated breath on that one. A decision may be made on Michael Jackson's final resting place, and a hypnotist tries to steal a kiss and loses more uh, than just his job. Am I to understand that Michael Jackson hasn't been buried yet? Never mind, never mind. I don't want to know. I don't know. We'll, wait. That's, we'll wait. That's why they call it a tease. I'm just saying it's just going to distract me. So, all right. Uh, it is uh, 503-228-4 101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Willamette Week, <laughs> Kelly Clark, arts and culture editor extraordinaire. Hello, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. She's so I'm cute. sorry, I'm so excited about True Blood. And you I am said so it, excited that I was you're like, excited about it. I'm sorry. And Sarah it's going to be while I'm not here. And Sarah just held up a note that I couldn't quite see because no, the, said, the light was uh, blaring. Let's have Kelly do her um, True Blood predictions here and then we'll do Facebook. Play. All right, okay. Because, so she did, wanted, because I saw her bounce up and down as soon as you said, because we were going to have you in it too, but then three people spazzing out about it might be Who's yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, because if because if you're... I found some trivia though yesterday. If you're some talking about trivia. it at the same time that Sarah's talking about it and that I'm talking, if we're all weighing in at the same time, then it's like we all start doing each other's hair and sitting around <laughs> eating Are you saying that's not something. a good idea? And well, I'll, I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you my True Blood trivia? Because it's, it's, it's awesome. But first I have to say that it's good to say that Greg is now getting a run for his money as creepy guy on the show today. So, it's, <laughs> But I think you win in a walk. You know, I was to say, you, uh, Dave has really got that. You've got that nailed. What is this creepy guy persona you Okay, got? were you and Rick not huddled around a computer, like, drooling over pictures of that chick from... That's, that's not creepy. Punch in the face, Jake. Did you see her with the sisters? Hey, Kelly finds it hot, too, by the way. Yeah, it is kind of hot. Right. Everyone stop. No. So here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll talk for just a second about, uh, we'll kind of give a little tease as to what you're going to be talking oh, yeah. about, stuff from the Willamette. Uh, we've got uh, your installment of food porn coming up at 720. Then we'll 
do a very uh, brief and Sarah and I will hold ourselves back. We will not weigh in on the, on your true blood predictions because then the whole thing will spin out of control. And I want to hear her trivia. Too. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we'll do uh, Facebook poetry. Oh. All right. So first so and much. foremost, you've got uh, stuff in the Willamette and food porn coming up here in like uh, 15 minutes, yeah. 720. Yeah, man. It's like a true blood storyline. We have got cops and tigers posing as young, attractive women in order to lure men to trade weed for humping. What? Okay, then. Yeah. Fair enough. And other good stuff, too. Uh, Julie and Julia movie, a uh, movie, best chick flick I've seen in forever, and, you know, fabulous food porn that I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that I like. Excellent. Well, that's the, but see, sometimes it's food that you're embarrassed, some, uh, like sometimes it's food that you just don't ever, you don't get a chance to eat very often. Sometimes it's something that has just been introduced, like when they find a way to fry something inside of something else. This Two is things pure, just... dirty, embarrassing food. I, I should hide this. Excellent. Well, you know, then this is, uh, speaking of pure and dirty and embarrassing, then it, there is actually no better time. Uh, to do this, let me just uh, let me find the music button again. Sarah and I will we will hold ourselves back, and we will not weigh in on this because otherwise it's just going to consume an entire day. But we'll all right. Your predictions uh, for this Sunday's episode of True Blood because we're not going to be here tomorrow. So we got it today. I think Hugo is going to die some sort of gory fountain of blood type death because you know he needs to understand that the church has nothing. I do not think Jason is dead. Jason Stackhouse can't die because he turned into like a karate hero at the end of last episode. That's not going to happen. And Suki. I think Suki might have a major lip lock with Eric at some point, and then hate herself, and then maybe lick blood tears from his face. Done. Right. And what was the trivia? What was the trivia? Trivia. Eric. Uh, I don't know his regular name in real life. This was Eric uh, Nor- Northman? Eric North- Northman yeah. once played Mingus in Zoolander and died in a fiery freak gasoline fight accident. <gasps> no! My friend emailed me this yesterday, and, you know, I should be doing work, but instead I see it pop up, and it says, True Blood Trivia, and I pick it, and I just start screaming. And then I realize that I have reverted back to something that I really don't like. Have you taken the uh, Which True Blood Character Are You Facebook quiz? Uh, no, but yeah, I you, will uh, immediately. You gotta go. I can't believe you have it. I, gotta go I know, that. it's really I was nice. Sam, yeah. and he was Eric. I was Eric. Uh, which, I don't know who will be. And I got, which I got kind of irritated about. And then somebody else, I told, I was the bitching about somebody. I'm like, and then I took this true blood quiz and it said I was Eric. And it was like days later and I was and still angry who, about I it. I guess that you were. Why are you angry about well, it? She, Eric's great. You guessed that I was Eric. And then she said that it was it was Cheryl. She's like, well, you're totally Eric. At and least I, you're not like, Bale. Well, you know, and the thing is, it totally. Bale. It, 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 it really was my own instant karma because Cheryl was Cheryl, who was the girl that oh, I called. Cheryl, yeah. I called her the Peggy to my Don Draper. I, I made a Mad Men reference. Incident, and yes. so she was all uh, she was all happy. But you know what? She ended up she took the quiz and she ended up being Amy, who is the V addict that gets strangled. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, doll. I hope that I'm Lafayette or Marianne. Uh, Don Taylor is Lafayette, by the way. I want nice. to be Lafayette. Yeah. Everybody, everybody wants, wants to, be, to be Lafayette. Not everybody can be a stylish uh, gay black man. Gay it's black just man. Uh, you know, there's a Darn finite it. number. Why not? All right. Without further ado, Satan and a Sunday. Sarah, are we ready for uh, Facebook poetry? Oh, we're ready. All right. So we'll do Facebook poetry. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk to Kelly Clark about the, the new Willamette issue and uh, food porn. Plus, uh, uh, Dave Schmicky will have uh, news for us. All right. Facebook poetry begins in three, two, one. Tara is going to retire to the couch for the evening with the boyfriend, the cat, Breaking Bad on DVD, Nighty Night Internets, Jedediah just got a bunch of new porn, Schnazzle 
is pretending he likes country music to impress a chick. Carolina loves slow bar and iced Spanish coffee and sluts. Jean says, there's one thing on earth that no one can touch. That's the sleep of a satisfied man. Ryan misses Colorado, where people are nice. Todd has been nightmared. Amy is writing, writing, writing. Ow. Aura is going to cuddle on the couch with someone very special. Morty isn't what he used to be. Tara is ready for grown-up time. Jason says, Oh no, the house is being overrun by invisible mid-air monsters. Thank God for the kitty. Thank God for the kitty. Don is a dendrophiliac. Joe is working on his set for tomorrow night, and by working on his set, he means looking at porn. Tori is done being used and abused. She is way, sorry, she is worth way more than you, and she needs the world's biggest bottle of glue because her heart is in a bazillion pieces. Kristen says, Ah, vagina beer. This has been another exciting installment of Facebook Poetry on the Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, more news headlines from Dave Schmicky, Food Porn with Kelly Clark, and at 8 o'clock, Lisa Desjardins from CNN. Stay there. Back after this. Share your thoughts with billions. Look Look at me. I'm not wearing my panties today. Aww. Aww. Call 503-228-4101. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up at 8 o'clock, CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, at 8.20, we'll do our uh, True Blood predictions for today, Sarah and myself. And at some point before the end of the show, uh, we're going to be giving away a pair of second-row tickets for the Summer Rock at the Amphitheater, Clark County, Monday, August 10th, starring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. You can find out more at KUFO.com. And by the way, that will also include an uh, invitation to a special private acoustic performance from Shinedown earlier in the day. So find out more at KUFO.com, and we'll give those away at some point uh, before the end of today's show, which is 9 o'clock. Dave Schmidke, what headlines are we following today? Well, we're going to look at... Uh, into a little closely into the gym shooting and then also squeaky from uh, gets out of prison 40 years after the manson murders maybe she won't quit turning down my uh you know interview request just to be consistent about it maybe i'll just uh maybe i'll write letters that will go unanswered oh, i don't want to be here if you interview her nah, yeah. i'll be on the phone probably she's all the way over there hello kelly clark from willamette uh, how are you i'm doing great all right so we have stuff to get to but i just, before we get to food porn or any anything out of the gate, the cover story is just these three. Oh, it's great. My assessment: three sort of trashy-looking girls sitting in a park bench. Y- yeah, three sort of college-age that look like sorority girls had a bender, having a fun night, you know, sitting out woohoo after the beer, uh, after a bar. Um, actually, there are three cops who are posing as college girls to lure local men to trade uh, weed. 
for humping. So did they take... So this is a picture of people They plucked different. that, yeah, they plucked the photo off the internet and oh. started sending it to men. And basically it was a sting operation. And, you know, we were calling it to catch a stoner, like, you know, to catch a predator. But they did this for about eight months. They were on the swing shift. It was late at night, you know, decided to do a sting operation. And they were writing these really outrageous emails on Craigslist. It's like, hey, I just got back from the bars. I'm so, I'm so wasted. I'm so wasted. Anybody want to come smoke me out? And you know, and then it would get really, really once the guys would write back, they would get really, really uh, graphic. Graphic. But what they might do kind of like true, yeah, true blood without the fangs kind of stuff. So <laughs> more arresting. <laughs> uh, we actually have excerpts from the paper, and they, they're pretty. They're pretty impressive. I, God, they are erotic literary geniuses. So these. So. Well, let me just back up for a second. So this Ooh. this photo that's on the cover because I was uh, I was getting my haircut yesterday. I was sitting. Yeah. I was looking at the front. I was just about to pick it up and read it, and they called me. I didn't get a chance to. But this photo that's on the cover of the new Willamette. Those aren't actually cops. This is just, it's a photograph that they got somewhere yeah, and, and started using. As far as we can tell, they just dragged it off the internet from somewhere. So these poor girls. I was just going to say, so whoever. Officer Crumkey, you know, Ritalin and whatever their names are, just posing as these attractive blonde women. That was going to be, that was going to be, uh, my thing is like, you got to wonder if these cops are using that photo on, it was on Craigslist. It was on Craigslist. To, to uh, offer uh, humping in exchange for uh, for weed. For weed, specifically weed. Then presume, and if they're using this photograph, then presumably, I mean, it just it's not for financial gain, but it certainly uh, that is, in my opinion, I am not a lawyer, you understand, but it does seem like that is the textbook definition of libel. Exactly. Because yeah. it is a printed use of your own image, which would have a deleterious effect on your uh, on your image or reputation. We're trying to check that out right now, and so our reporter is probably doing a follow up and and kind of working on that right yeah, now what he focused on yeah those girls they let's see how many guys it led to the arrest of 24 men and usually you know if you would get arrested with that much weed i mean it was tiny amounts that it, it was well, just enough been, to get some girl stoned exactly I mean, yeah. so it would have been a misdemeanor but and i'm reading this because they caught them for misdemeanor prostitution and delivery of drugs it became a felony so they carded them off to jail and i mean these stoners who just you know wanted to have a good time and uh so it turns out that the washington county district attorney office uh shut it down after may after they figured out they're like no we can't prosecute these cases and the reason was they said that they couldn't prove that uh the men that were arrested ever intended to commit a crime before they were lured in by the cop host. Right. So Right, because it wasn't like they were actively seeking women to be like, hey, no. I've got some weed. Would you give me sexual congress? And exchange? No. Like the, the cops were sort of coming to them. Yeah, the cops were coming to them. And so, you know, the best... <laughs> The you know the 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 police chief and the mayor of Tigard say that the the sting was justified, but you know most of the rest of the the legal community is like oh, and also the thinking civilized world. Yeah, but I have to read your quote because this is and this is from one of the guys who was caught. He says, "If you got time on your hands, go to the kids' chat room and try to catch some pedophiles. Leave the stoners alone. Leave the stoners <laughs> alone. Leave them alone." Which this is yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun story. I suggest you read it. All of that brings us to this week's installment of. And this, by the way, is for the guy who just sent us a text message that said, um, Kelly sound way hot. <laughs> Tell her to say something sexy, smiley face emoticon. All right, Kelly, you, you sounds way hot. You sound Please sexy. now to talk a fine with, with the sexification. Vagina beer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now, food porn with Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Sometimes you things that you love, you're also embarrassed of. And the thing I need to talk about today is Safeway Chinese Buffet. That's my favorite Chinese food in the world. I know. I know, Sarah, it is. Because sometimes, and it's late at night, 
and you don't have any coffee filters, or maybe you need bread, and you walk by the buffet, and, and it's just, it's like a, not a siren song, it's like a siren smell, and it's like, hot and spicy, hot and spicy, come near me, hot and spicy. And you go over there, and you're like, I would like a white carton of hot and spicy chicken. It's been, you know, braising in its own juices for a couple hours, and, and it kind of tastes like corn syrup, and, and hot chilies, and kind of like chicken but not chicken it kind of tastes like melty chicken vegetable goo that's like a like an electric blanket for your soul and and i love it so i actually called safeway yesterday and found out that they actually those giant vat bins those metal bins they sell five of them a night every single night to happy you know briefly happy lonely people all over portland every single night excellent I have the best chow mein there. I know. I, and the orange chicken. I, I thought I was the only the stuff one. That looks I like highlighters. That's the only place I eat Chinese food. I don't even know where another Chinese restaurant is in town. Oh, I, I always get. And the I best part is how you do special. consider that a Chinese restaurant. It That's, is. I get the express special with general size chicken and then half fried rice and half uh, chow mein. No, they told me, and I got the name. They said that the most, yeah, the the. The thing that most people get is the Shanghai dinner, which is four medium boxes, fried rice and chow mein, two meat entrees, and then four pot stickers or two egg rolls. Uh. They were totally happy to talk to me. They were like, they didn't think it was weird at all. I was like, hi, I'm from Willamette Week. I need to know a little bit about your your Chinese buffet. And she's like, well, sure. Like, people call every day. Like, it's it's got fans. So I well, I mean, it, you know it must be a big seller. That's it, because Sarah, you just said, you're like, you sort of thought you were maybe the only one that did, did. it. And Kelly oh, and myself. And I'm it's so like, ashamed. And it's always late at night, <laughs> so, right? Oh, yeah. It's always yeah. at like 11.45. You're just like, I just need half a gallon of, oh, it's that over there. That's great. That's fantastic. And granted, I mean, we have some pretty nice Chinese restaurants in town, but if you're going to go for trashy Chinese, well, you can't beat it. Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Excellent. Rick Emerson likes this way, way more than he really ought to. So, (laughs) fantastic. Uh, That was the definition of food. It really is. Now that's all I want. (laughs) uh, Now I just want to leave the studio. Now, see, you got me, at least you got, uh, got me to quit thinking about that chick on Californication who punches David Duchovny in the face. On Sunday, I'm going to get a whole bunch of uh, Safeway Chinese takeout and watch True Blood. And then my head's going to (laughs) explode. There you go. That's for you, creepy guy who wanted something sexy. Don't, don't ask for any more favors. All right. Back after this, we'll talk to Dave Schmidtke, who is filling in for the vacationing Tim Riley today, and find out uh, what is up in the world of news. We have a double Geek Watch on the way, uh, and a double Jackson Watch headed your way as well at 8 o'clock. Cena Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins at 8.20. Uh, True Blood predictions for this coming Sunday. Thank you, Kelly Clark. Always nice to be here. Back after this, we're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show. So it's a combination of improv and house cleaning. On Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 8 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Talk about the uh, so-called uh, cash for clunkers. See, now it bugs me more every time I say it out loud. It's just, it, it's just stupid, and it, it, it just seems, you know what it is? It sounds like a very small town name for something. It sounds like something that they would be doing in like Hoboken to raise money for like kids with failing kidneys or something. Mm. You know what I mean? It'd be one of those things where there's like a priest on a billboard telling you to drop off your car for charity. Uh, let's see. Next hour, we have our true blood predictions as well coming up at 820. And uh, sometime before the end of the show, we're going to give away a pair of second row tickets for the Summer of Rock 
at uh, the Amphitheater of Clark County. Uh, that is Summer of Rock featuring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. Plus, if you win that, you'll also get invited to a private acoustic performance from Shinedown earlier in the day. Tim Riley will be uh, in attendance at that. So it's uh, your chance to not look him in the eye, of course, certainly not touch him and never, ever speak to him, but to be in the same room as Tim Riley. In for Tim Riley, it is uh, our good friend Dave Schmidtke. CBS News Center in downtown Portland. This is the news. That almost sounds respectable. Right it, it does. I was going to say, you can touch me anytime you want to. I'm not that picky about it. You don't want to start off a newscast that way, though, generally. I was just going to say, I, you know, hold on <laughs> a second. Why do you want us to touch you? <laughs> well, you, can, you, know, you talked about Tim, not, no touching, but I'm... You're the opposite. You're sort of, you're the yang to his yin. Very touchy-touchy. Anyway, production of the longtime running soap opera All My Children is moving from New York City to Los Angeles. ABC Daytime has announced it is going to move the veteran soap opera out of its Upper West Side studios at the end of the year. Maintenance supervisor for AMC, Larry D'Alessandro, where we Many of the some 200 union and non-union jobs would be lost. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, uh, I wasn't prepared for sound. Uh, this is, uh, okay. And uh, we all can, my children. I can make it up. The show is going to move in, but that show already has a crew attached to it. And so now what do we do with the people who are working on this crew? So this, from my point of view, from the union, that uh, work on it, we could lose uh, a lot of a lot of people would be without jobs. All union guys everywhere sound the same, by the way. They all sound like that guy. They all sound like they're about to go to work on your knees with a tire iron somewhere uh, while David Mamet is writing their dialogue. Also, so what is the deal? So uh, all my children's moving. Oh, I guess it would be the same crew doubling up. They would just fold the show into the workload of whatever the crew is in L.A. Right. And the and all my children's there, but there was some other show that was canceled. What was the show that was canceled? Well, let's see. It's all part of a cost-cutting plan that would then bring the network's other daytime drama, One Life to Live, into AMC's New York location. Production for All My Children has been based out of New York City. And I think what you're talking about earlier this year, uh, The Guiding Light. Guiding Light, which was on CBS, I think, and it's yes. been on since... Jesus, since like 1940 or something, 1950, yep, been yep. off forever. Yep. So I have never, Not anymore. ever followed a soap opera. Never have, never have. You've never no. followed a daytime soap. See, yeah. I thought everybody went through a phase where they followed a daytime soap for like a couple of months or something. Like if you're in college or if you're unemployed or something. I watched the one in college with uh, Timmy. Passions. Passions, yes. Yeah, Timmy the uh, demonic doll. I watched that for about a year. That That's the one that I watched too. That was it. Uh, and I think uh, Bobby uh, Fatboy uh, was a big Santa Barbara fan. Huh. Uh, at some point. And then Nibbler was that Days of Our Lives. Excellent. Good for you. I mean, the closest I got to that is Perry Mason. Yeah, well, dude, did you read that article that was in the Oregonian a few months ago about Perry Mason? You know that Perry Mason, uh, as it as it airs here in Portland, it's the longest-running yeah. uninterrupted Perry Mason thing, like in the history of whatever. Uh, Portland has the longest-running Perry Mason, uh, you know, whatever you call it, consistent run of that show of, of any city. It's like we have that in the, the longest-running Rocky Horror thing here, too. Because people <laughs> in Portland just sort of latch on to stuff like yeah. that, and it becomes, a very, it becomes ingrained. It becomes part of the, uh, the routine. Those Perry Mason shows... Love them. There's this, but see, uh, people are so obsessed with Perry Mason. That's well, my know, thing. Like, what is it? I used to work I at Channel Twelve, uh, and you you should see what happens. Certain programs you don't ever interrupt. You don't have for those. And oh man, oh man, you could you could. I think you'd have better luck interrupting American Idol than you would Perry Mason because obviously there's not as many people watching Perry Mason, but those who do, they're rabid. Yeah, yeah, and the phones. I mean, if you interrupted for anything, snow coverage, whatever, you probably the phones just ring off the hook. And oh, I know do. a lot of people like my age who are addicted to Perry Mason. They watch oh, it sure. every day. We have this friend Peter who sings this band, uh, Nickel Arcade, and he's a young guy. He's what in his mid twenties, early twenties. No, he's like he's twenty one. Twenty one. I met him a couple years ago when he wasn't even that. He was like eighteen, 
And he comes up and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm Peter. I love the show. And I'm like, that's great. And, you know, and he's, you know, he's a band. He's got tattoos or whatever. On his forearm right here on the inside is a, it's probably seven inches high. And it's a tattoo of Raymond Burr as Perry Mason. Right on. Like walking Reservoir Dog style, like toward you. And it's just, and I was like, is that Raymond Burr? And he goes, Raymond Burr is Perry Mason. And I was like, that is awesome. There's something, <laughs> there's something real weird about that, though. There's That show has a particular something a particular gazinkus as stan freeberg would say the the, the the energy to it that is and it has like a kind of that noir yeah. thing but it's also got the structure of a, of the courtroom drama because courtroom dramas you know i was watching um what was i watching the other day it was on amc jagged edge with um uh, with glenn close and which is a great movie and lara had never seen it and she said what are you watching i go it's jagged edge baby and she had no idea and i was like oh yeah you know, it's one of the great courtroom dramas of, of you know the 80s that made glenn close's career made mm-hmm. joe esterhaus's career and she said, well, I like what I heard of it. And it's because courtroom dramas all follow the same kind of pattern. It's very comforting in a way. But at the same time, the particulars are different, which is why a courtroom drama is sort of, it's like legal porn or something, where it's like the, the framework is the same, but the details are different. Well, if you want to just, just add a yeah. pattern, uh, and I, I won't be honest too long, watch Perry Mason, and I'll tell you what, when you see the murder, when the body is discovered, it will be 1220. Really? Yeah. Look up at the clock. It will be 1220 every, almost every Single episode because that's, that's how they're because it's the end of Act One. Well, Earl Stanley Gardner was a very routine-oriented writer. He's he has a formula and he just sticks oh, to yeah. it. So yeah, you can you name the uh, only case that Perry Mason ever lost? Uh, the Fatal Verdict. No, wait, no, wait. Am I wrong? I Have I know. gone what, my whole what do you, what do you life? The think? case of the terrified typist. Oh, maybe no, there's but two. See, that's the one. There's two that he quote lost. Oh, I just air quoted. Oh, bad. Oh, yucky, yucky. <laughs> oh, I hate that. And um, I feel dirty. And uh, that, oh, so dirty. That was the one where he he found out his client was actually was actually guilty about three quarters of the way through, and then kind of turned on his own client. Um, the other one, the, the fatal verdict, involved a crossdresser. Actually, okay, all right. So now, okay, so that's the okay. So the one I'm thinking of is where his client was guilty. Case of the terrified yeah. typist. And, and we, this is actually a good point. I know. So you were talking about we're going to channel twelve. So a lot of people, you know, people know your your voice or your name, or they see you. And because you you have worked today uh, at a panoply of places, and we've you know we've we've talked before about the uh, we shared all our various firing stories at one point or another. <laughs> but you have been a fixture in Portland media for a long time. You did Mister Fix It. You were on uh, Fox and the Coin. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so then we have, uh, this email just came in. Uh, Pam says, love you guys. Great show. Have Dave Schmidtke on all the time. Uh, so the question is, uh, what is, uh, what is Dave Schmidtke doing now? <laughs> well, I mean, a couple of things. The thing I've been working on the last few months is a program called Build Oregon Green. We want to do a statewide home improvement show about sustainability that not just green for the envir- environment, but green from your wallet. Things, little things you can do to save yourself money and home, by, at your own home and, you know, maybe save our environment in the process. So that's been the big part of it. We're, we're looking for grant funding and that's been huge. I have a little home improvement project I've been working on for a friend's dad. He wants to move into this house. This one I love, though, because my bosses on this project are two cats. Is that code for something? No. They own the house. Please do explain. Okay. The owner of this home passed away two and a half years ago, willed the house to her cat. See, I didn't think that really happened. I thought that was a thing that only took place in the New York Post. No, this uh, is in Warshugal. So she... Uh, th- 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 so she... She died, and she or whoever it was, and then left the house to the to the cats. To the two cats. There's an executor. The thing sat in legal limbo for two year, two and a half years. So you can imagine what this place looks like, right? Now. And uh, so, the, so what they, happens if there's two and a half years of limbo, but the house is left to the cats? Do they? Do they? Does the will appoint 
Like, who lives there? Where do well, they... the, the executors come by, and they feed the cats, and they change the litter box, and that's it. That's fantastic. Well, it looks like this woman just walked out of this house to go to the market and has been gone five minutes. There's food in the pantry. There's books everywhere, clothes still wow. laying around, and these cats technically own the house. That's fantastic. See, that's great. And you know, here's the that's thing. That's kind of cool. That's the thing you do if you have relatives you don't like, and I'm not saying that was the case here, but if you're, uh, let's say your name is Rick and you have relatives that, you, you know, that just annoy <laughs> you and your whole family is loathsome and off-putting, you don't leave them nothing. You leave them enough so they can take care of, like, the dog or whatever, the Gila monster, you know, uh, you know the, uh, the ferret that is the recipient of everything else. It's like how you don't, like, if, you know, if your waitress is a jackass or your waiter's a jack, you don't, you don't not tip. You leave a dollar, you know. That says, uh, I didn't forget about you. You're just not worth any more. So that's what you do to the relatives. You go, look, I'm going to leave you uh, just enough. I'm going to leave you a stipend so you can go over and you can change the tank of the goldfish that will own everything. Enjoy the rest of your life. I'm dead. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, do uh, two more here, and then we'll uh, take a break. Well, you're going to love this one. This is a little bit of a switch here, but in Seoul, South Korea, a South Korean hypnotist has been fined for stealing a kiss on a blind date with a woman he thought he had successfully put in a trance. The 32-year-old man suggested hypnotizing this 27-year-old date during their first meeting arranged by a matchmaking, a matchmaking agency. Now, the woman was eventually persuaded, and the hypnotist chanted, I'm going to try to do this best I can, <clears throat> Black hole, you will plunge deeper into a trance. You will feel thrilled all over your body, and if my hand touches your body, you will feel intense pleasure. I'm confused. This, That's, th- that wasn't the, tra- the, the thing to put her into the, hip- uh, the hypnosis. That was like once she was in the hypnosis, yeah. that was his line of seduction. This was his, that was his, uh, yeah. It wasn't just like, I will grab boob. <laughs> but no, apparently he thought she was in the trance and then he whipped out this little. He was giving some. Little golden this, nugget. <laughs> this, this, uh, <laughs> this haiku of pleasure yes. that he was giving her. And when the man, uh, identified only by a surname of Park, thought his technique had worked, he went to kiss her. But the woman was fully alert. <laughs> but we talked about Ambien being, because that's a hypnotic agent. That, that somebody emailed and said that that's the deal with Ambien. That's why you forget stuff sometimes, because it does. Mm-hmm. But this would be... Uh, I know we've had this discussion a long time ago, but we never really resolved it. This is the business of actual hypnosis, which I, which I sort of instinctively disbelieve in. Yeah. And then here's what makes me disbelieve in it even more, is that people then always tell me, well, you're the kind of person who can't be hypnotized. And it seems like if it's real, it either works or it doesn't. So like I, and you, you probably get told to that hypnotist? too. I don't know, me? I would never want to get hypnotized because I'm afraid it would work. But you've probably easy. been told that, you, but you, I bet you've been, been told that you can't be. That's the thing. It's like anytime you're skeptical, they go, well, you're the kind of person that can't be hypnotized, which is sort of like when the faith healer can't make your bum leg work. They go, if only your faith were strong enough, you know, and it's like it seems like a fail safe policy, because if you're some guy who believes in it, you'll probably just do whatever the hypnotist says, because you, you know, you'll make yourself I know, you'll put yourself into that state or something. So I don't I don't know. Well, well, let's do this straight ahead. We have a scene. Do you smell something burning? In yeah. Here? Yeah. Something is burning. In something here. smells like something electrical. Yeah, which is not a good smell. smell at a Maybe radio you're having station. a stroke. <laughs> well, then great. we were both having strokes because I can smell it too. We're stroking together over here. <laughs> it's hot. over here, Dave Schmidtke and I. <laughs> stroking. No, don't. <laughs> don't get me started again. All right. The last thing they said was they smelled something burning. <laughs> this is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland.
Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Sometime before the end of the uh, day, we're going to give away a pair of tickets, second row tickets at that, uh, to see uh, KUFO's Summer of Rock Part 2, starring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorm. That show is Monday, August 10th. It is next Monday. You can find that more at KUFO.com. KUFO.com is where you go for more on that. And plus, if you uh, win those, you're going to get an invitation to a special private acoustic performance from Shine Down earlier in the day. So there's a second row tickets for the Summer of Rock sometime before the end of the uh, show. We are here alongside Dave Schmidtke, who's filling in for the vacationing. Tim Riley coming up at uh, 820. We'll have our true blood predictions and uh, so forth. Don't forget, so tomorrow... Uh, tomorrow, Sarah and Greg will be here. And you'll be in New York City. I'll be gone, uh, and they'll be playing, uh, best of segments and, you know, other, you know, sort of chiming in, uh, live as well, and I'll probably be calling in next week. Tim Riley will be here presenting uh, live news throughout the morning and then introducing some of the stuff uh, from the past, from the archives, as they say. In the meantime, this is Dave Schmidtke at the news desk. CBS News Center in downtown Portland. This is the news. Ladies and gentlemen, filling in for the vacationing, Tim Riley, Dave Schmidtke. Lynette Frome, you may know her better as Squeaky, with briefly in the limelight she so craved after pointing a gun at President Gerald R. Ford. Well, 40 years to the anniversary of the Charles Manson murder, she is going to be released from prison. Which is, it makes no sense. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's an interesting story, and I I have a small, warm spot in my heart for Squeaky From. You're so broken. I'm just, there's, <laughs> I, I, there's just, you know, guys like the Manson girls. If what are you going to do? you have the chance to, to have her in the studio sometime and interview yes. her, I am, I'm not going to be she, here. What, what, I'm you, taking a day off. You know, that doesn't make any sense, because there's, probably, there's all kinds of people you've been in the studio with that are probably way creepier and more dangerous than she is. What's the attraction, though? Is it because she's kind of demure and small and has been tricked by the bad Rick just likes the man? crazy. I like crazy girls, oh. for one thing. I like crazy girls. I like crazy uh, girls who might uh, be a little bit violent uh, every now and again. Hopefully sure. not toward you, but you never quite know. Uh, look, we were all talking about the girl that punches Duchovny in the face on Californication, how hot that is, and she's crazy. Um, the It's actually it's, it's interesting, and this is not... Uh, I'll just say, if you, uh, I, I am uh, constrained by CBS Legal from talking about this on the air, so I will have to reference this. You go to rickemerson.com or my... Oh, uh, one of my favorite bands actually wrote a song about Squeaky From. Who's your favorite band? Sarah? I think uh, they're called the Wonderstrucks. Uh, I'm not sure. That's nice of you to say. Wonderstru- Wonderstrucks? Uh, so yeah, Wonderstrucks. So a band similar to that that I uh, may not discuss myself. Uh, you go to rickemerson.com. I, I wrote this thing, but I... I have this band, blah, 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 and put up this record and whatever. One of the songs on there uh, I actually wrote years ago, predates that band. Uh, my friend Todd and I used to be in a band together called The Bleeding Hearts, and we wrote this song called, um, whose title I can't say on the air. Anyway, the point is, we wrote this song about, about, the, about the Charles Manson girls, and I, wrote, I have this explanation. I wrote a little thing about it. I said, um, uh, I said, uh, we had a, uh, I said, like, like a lot of, uh, like a lot of, uh, weird young guys growing up, you know, you read, you know, you read like true crime books and you read about like whatever. And, and we read Helter Skelter at, you know, we grew, grew up in different cities, but we both have read Helter Skelter. And we found out that we, that like, we like a lot of other dudes found the Manson girls to be kind of strangely hot because they were kind of cute and they kind of had this all American girl thing going on. Like they were Breck models, you know, sort of. Uh-huh. And, but they were all clearly nuts. 
And the fact that, like, there was Charles Manson, who, I mean, you know, who's not a good-looking guy. So you're saying they're all Charlie's girls. Yes, is what I'm saying. Thank you. Uh, well done. They, You know, but Charles Manson, he's like five feet tall, maybe. Uh, he's he's an unattractive man. He's weird. Probably smells. You look at that guy, and you know he smells just like a... He looks stinky. He, he smells mm-hmm. like rotting fruit and crotch, basically. <laughs> um, Come on. And yeah, but they were just following him around, and like Charlie says, go live in a desert, they go li- live in a desert. And Charlie says, oh, go take care of somebody, they go take care of somebody. Mm-hmm. Charlie says, shave your head and you know wait outside the court for 30 years for me, they do it. So there's 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 something kind of perversely uh, attractive about that, I think, that just that there's like they're just so unbelievably cracked. And the other thing about the Manson girls is, like, they all came from normal, suburban, middle-class houses. Like, they weren't down and out. Like, they weren't gutter punks. Hmm. You know, that's the thing. Like, they all came from these all-American Leave it to Beaver households, and then they, but then they all just, like, tipped over inside and went completely broken. And as Sarah said, I like hot, broken chicks. Okay. Anyway, so Aaron Duran who shares uh, my love for all things nutty, sent me a text last night. He's like, this is so hot. Squeaky Fromm is getting out of prison. Uh, and I went and immediately I, I checked my email. Like 50 other people had told me about it. But it's a stranger thing, especially because it's the 40th anniversary of the Manson killings. Right. They're letting her out. So, And I think a lot of people don't remember that she actually was never implicated no. in any of those crimes. No. Uh, her her crime was pointing a gun at the president. She had this whole frown on. She did this whole thing where she was going to they frown on. <laughs> she And she had the full on. Uh, uh, what is uh, from a uh, taxi driver, um, Travis Bickle thing, where she had the gun hidden like inside her sleeve and she had a whole mechanism or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think she actually forgot the bullets. That's the thing. She got there and she's like, Mr. President, ka-shung! and here comes the gun, <laughs> click. And then she's like, oh, no bullets. <laughs> you have a stupid Hans, wham, you know, or whatever. So uh, she had nothing. But uh, anyway, so they're letting her out, which I didn't think would ever happen, especially because she just, because she broke out of jail just like not too many years ago. It was like 10 years ago. She busted out of the joint over Thanksgiving. Seriously? Yeah, she I... broke out of prison and was on the lam for like a week. So you don't think that that's the kind of girl they're going to give, you know, parole to. But what do I know? Well, you know, you're right. That, that was in 1987. Yeah. She, she got out and got into the cold, wet mountains in southeastern West Virginia before being recast. all very weird. All right, let's do the uh, Geek Time Watch. For here. Geek Watch. Here's your double Geek Watch for Thursday on The Rick Emerson Show. Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Here's Dave Schmidtke with your Double Geek Watch. Well, we were talking about True Blood earlier, so it's only fitting that we talk about True Blood again because True Blood has become True Love for HBO stars <laughs> Anna Paquin and Stephen Moyer. <sighs> Reps for the True Blood actors tell people.com that Paquin and Moyer actors. are actors. Engaged. Uh-huh. I can't wait till they have to act like they don't love each other anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot easier. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, <sighs> the couple play taboo lovers on the HBO Vampire series. Um, Paquin plays telepathic small town waitress Suki Stackhouse, who falls for vampire do-gooder Billy Compton. Okay. I, I have a feeling, listening to you guys talk about this earlier, I'd, that you're. Listeners don't need any of this background. Well, they may. I mean, we don't, certainly. Some because of them get mad at us. <laughs> I, we hear occasionally, quit talking about True Blood. And then, but those are always the people that the next week are like, well, I finally got HBO, now I'm watching True Blood. Well, and you can watch anything that you want on the internet. Yeah. And the other thing is, I am, I am fully, I embrace the fact 
that that this show is is enjoyable, but not good. I mean, it's badly done. So my conscience is clear. If some guy's like, "Hey, I started watching True Blood. This show's terrible," I'm like, "Friend, uh, we say that all the. Hey, I'll give you a little. Uh, you you you've probably done some acting. Uh, yeah, actually. Okay. Here's let me let me play you just a little bit of uh, this is a little bit of acting from True Blood. Uh, this is that guy. Uh, I forget his real name, but Bill Compton. Stephen. Stephen. Moyer. Compton. Moyer. Bill Moyer. 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 So this is Stephen Moyer quote acting end quote uh, in a scene on True Blood. This is from last week. Throw it away. Uh, this is him talking with his his girlfriend. And they're breaking up. Throw it away. Moaning over what you've lost. You disgust me. Then let me go. No. I made you, and you are mine. You know I don't love you. You have never tried. I have spent decades trying. I despise myself for what I did for you. God help me. I killed innocent people to prove to you that I loved you. But it was pure nihilism. I do not. I cannot. I will never love you. And one more. I won't do this any longer. It's over. No more innocent lives. And bloody beds and cruelty for sport. You are a vampire. They are food. That's your nature. No. It is your nature. You have lost your humanity. And you have stolen mine. Made me into a monster. So there you go. Oh my but, god, what, I love that just he, so much. Is, are these southern vampires? What they are. They're yeah. in Louisiana. But, oh. And Nibbler's stepped in the screen. Just to think he gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for that. Yeah. Yes, he does. Leonard Pitts-Warnell, so. Bad Theater. It is like the very textbook definition of bad overacting. Oh, so. God. Well, the good thing is we've got a twofer with this True Blood, this Geek Watch. Uh, if we've got time for it, Deborah Ann Wall, who plays teen vampire Jessica Hamby Rick on special the show, yes. uh, has flowers ready for Mother's Day a remake of the 1980 cult horror flick. The original film from legendary genre specialist Troma Entertainment revolved around three female friends who, while camping, run afoul of two brothers who engage in murder and rape da, 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 to impress their deranged mother. It's a creepy film. It's, it's, and so it's directed by, though, the guy that did Repo, a genetic opera, which is Yay. one of your favorite films. Oh, my gosh, one of my favorite films so, ever. Don Taylor sent it to me. It's like a whole when worlds collide thing. Darren Lynn Bousman yeah. also did Saw. Shot three of the Saw movies. And I'm a big fan of that Jessica chick. So it's like the more movies she does, the greater the odds that she'll nude up at some point. So I'm a big fan. Well, good. That's your geek watch. Excellent. Well done. Let's close it out. We'll come back with true blood predictions. Stay there. By the sons of Warvan, I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Up the phone and call. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a bunch of mad wolf, and they just took forward. I thought I was going to die, because they were like rabid animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. All right. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh... Coming up in the next segment, not here, but uh, 840, we'll have more news from uh, uh, Dave Schmicky featuring a Jackson watch, which we have to do because I got a secret little piece of Jackson info just uh, emailed to me by somebody. Yeah. Did I get CC'd on it? No. And it's not about Jackson as such. Like, it's not a revelation in the case, but it's a little Jackson tidbit that I think you might find creepy. I certainly do. Uh, Everything about Michael Jackson is creepy. This is especially <laughs> weird. 
Well, in any event, so we'll, well, we'll not, get to that. Not in just weird, there. like him missing his nose or his veins collapsing. This see, that's weird in one way. This is weird in a whole. Or it's him just, dressing like a woman and sleeping with male prostitutes. Or turning white and being around small children. All, all the right, time. fair enough. I understand. <laughs> okay, it's not weird. I take it back. <laughs> it's just odd. It's just uh, it, it it's just it's random. I'll put it that way. It's random. Uh, so we'll we'll do that here uh, at eight forty. Don't forget, sometime um, uh, tomorrow. We'll be giving away those front row tickets uh, for the Summer of Rock at the Amphitheater of Clark County uh, featuring Stain, Shine Down, Chevelle, Hailstorm. So front row tickets, that's tomorrow. So you want to be listening for that. Uh, Sarah and Greg will be here uh, doing some best ofs and playing stuff from the, from the past. And then all next week, Tim Riley will be here doing live news for you. And I'll be calling in from New York, and then we'll have some stuff uh, from the archives and such. All right, it's uh, that time once again. Yeah. We're not going to be here tomorrow. Uh, which means we got to do this today. It is our True Blood predictions for this coming Sunday. Didn't you get a text message about True Blood? I did. At uh, 52051, somebody sent a text that said, Here's my True Blood prediction. It will suck, and then we'll listen to you guys talk about it for days. My soul <laughs> cries for Lost to return. All right. Uh, oh, people are funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. Here's, here's mine. And see, I realize this is why none of my predictions came true last week. Because I'm going for big, broad, sweeping no, predictions. you pick specific things that you think will happen in this episode. Yeah, see, and I just don't... I, I can't do... I'm, I'm failing at that again. Because I, re, I look at this and I realize I'm doing overall, like, story arc things. Um, well, to be fair, I, I did the same specifics last week and I didn't get any right. I almost picked that... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Thucky would try to get... Uh, bury the other telepath guy back. Um, and did he really have to explain to her what a breakfast was? And who pulled, who pulled Barry into the room? Because right. Eric had already left. All right, wait, I, mean, I can't get sidetracked. Okay. Here, here, are my, um, here are my three predictions. I'll work up. One, eventually, and again, see, I, I realize now I'm already overarching, uh, that what is Steve, the preacher, the guy who leads the uh, Fellowship of the Sun or whatever? Uh-huh. They're going to turn him. He'll be he'll be a vampire. They won't kill him. I bet they turn him. Him, maybe his wife, but I bet they turn him. That'd be perversely satisfying, mm. you know. Because that whole thing is like, obviously a lot of that is like what it's a it's a it's a gay allegory, you know. Because it's those nutcase churches like we'll turn you straight, yeah. And they always have the clearly gay couple that is pretending to be in love and married and pretending to have sex and have children, and they're on the cover of news. We go, we turn straight, and you know, it's, it's a it's a load. And then the guys, and those preachers, the guys who are the, we can turn you straight, those preachers are always the gayest. I mean, they're always just as gay as a parade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I bet that, and so this is such an allegory for that, I bet it will end with them, that he secretly, his whole life, has been fighting the urge to, to be turned. I bet that's the thing. His whole life he's wanted to be turned. And the only way he could get rid of his temptation was by getting rid of the vampires around him that brought the urge out. Okay. That's my prediction. Uh, two, that Godric-Eric thing, because Eric is was made by Godric. Godric uh-huh. is the maker. I am guessing, because Eric holds him in such high esteem, I mean, essentially worships him, and that's the only person clearly that he respects or is, is afraid of, I bet that Godric will in some way let him down. And he'll realize his his idol has feet of clay. That uh, the Godric will disappoint Eric in some way. Okay. And it will be a whole um, it will be a whole allegorical pupil must kill the teacher moment. Finally, and I think we mentioned this the other day. I can already see this coming, and I hope they don't do it in just a horrifically depressing way. I hope they do it in maybe a, a way that is somewhat uplifting. That Jessica chick is going to kill what's his name Hoyt. I know. 
Because uh, I think we mentioned that it's like, you know, those people who it's, adopt a baby tiger. It makes me nervous watching her. Yeah. She's like a wild animal. Like, you know that she can pretend for a while. That's the thing. But she's going to be who she is. I, that, that was the thing. Yeah, it's just, it's just like those people who, yeah, who adopt some wild creature. Uh, and then they think the tiger's going to be their pal. And it all works until the tiger's, or the chimp, is three or four years of age. And then it rips off your, uh, your junk and yeah, your nose. Yeah, every time they go in to kiss, it's like, oh. Yeah. It makes me freaked out. All right. Here are your uh, predictions. Sarah okay. Dillon? My thing with Godric, I think that Godric is not going to turn him, but I thought he was going to, I predicted he was going to kill the head of the um, of the Fellowship of the Sun and then perhaps okay. turn the wife. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Number two, I think Jason gets turned into a vampire. Jason's like, stack house? Yes, because I don't think he's dead. I think he's just wounded, but, you know, there are all these vampires around the perimeter watching, okay. you know, the Fellowship of the Sun. There are a lot of them out there. Plus, Eric's running there. Godric's there. A bunch of people are there. I think they might turn him to save his life, okay. perhaps. And then um, I, under- I I still think that uh, Sookie doesn't understand Bill's relationship with Lenora, and I think she's going to break up with him in this episode. Because? Because she won't understand the maker, you know, made relationship. And he'll say, I have terminated my relationship with like, Lenora. did you stay in the same bed as her, Bill? You and do not understand the relationship between was, maker and maid. I was in trouble, and you didn't help me. It is a world that is unseen to you. I am vampire. I don't want your life. That's all right. We've done that thing, by the way, that we that we did with the I Don't Want Your Life, where we've taken a thing that was already wooden and overacted, and we've made it, like, unbelievably more so. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Straight ahead, Dave Schmidtke will have uh, more news for us, including a double Jackson watch. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Goddamn dog dedication! Give me my photos! Only on Rock 101. Thoughts with billions. They're scouring, goose-stepping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, tomorrow... First row tickets, front row tickets, front row tickets, front row tickets. Tickets right in the first row for KUFO Summer of Rock, uh, which is happening next Monday. It's next Monday, August 10th. Clark County Amphitheater featuring Stain, Shinedown, Chevelle, and Hailstorming. Find out more at KUFO.com. And if you win those tomorrow, uh, you will also uh, get an invitation to a private acoustic performance from Shinedown earlier in the day. So be listening for front row tickets and uh, go to KUFO.com for more details. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Sarah Dillon and Greg uh, Nibbler will be here playing Best of Segments. It's all very exciting. I'm are you, the Nib Man. Are you going to have your new persona? And what are you, uh, Mackenzie? Le- nibs and Bibs. <laughs> Something around nibs no, I was, and Bibs. I was Sarah Triple X, Dylan. Why are you Bibs? Because I was going to be a MILF. Ah, I see. And so we could talk about my baby. <laughs> this is, by the way, this is a, this is a figurative baby. There is no actual there is baby. There is no baby. Uh, this is, a, this is a, the baby in this story is, is entirely speculative. Oh, hey. I just really want to call Greg the Nib Man. <laughs> by the way. Speaking of that, speaking of you guys having alternate uh, sort of radio personas, I should say that I found these. So we are right now. This is my. Uh, this is going to be my alternate rock dude persona in the morning. This is going to be when I'm. Uh, I'm no longer Rick Emerson. This is going to be when I'm Napalm in the morning. It's Napalm in the morning. Mm, sexy. I love the sound of Napalm in the morning. Awesome. Is this forever? It's just like this. It's just an air raid siren and explosions. That's great. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, this will be the second positioning liner for my uh, alternate persona, uh, Napalm in the Morning. You're listening to Napalm in the Morning. Boobs! Ah! 
Because the Nib Man and I planned out a bunch of ideas. Oh, I actually have... The Nib Man likes boobs. The Nib Man loves boobs. Does he? Yeah, so Nibs and Bibs in the morning, the Nib Man and Sarah Triple X Dylan. Uh, So we were coming up with topics that we could talk about, like uh, what cartoon character would you bang? The craziest place you've ever had, the Mattress Mambo. (laughs) And then we have what cartoon MILF would you bang as well. We should do one and the segment. Man, the Nib Man, uh, his uh, cartoon would be um, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, we should do uh, one segment a week as uh, Napalm in the Morning with Nib Man and Sarah Triple X. Sarah Triple X Dylan. <laughs> we, so, what would your primary nickname be? Bibs? Bibs. With Nibs and Bibs. Napalm in the Morning with Nibs and Bibs. Hey, everybody. And then Tim and Tim Riley at the news desk. Hello. That's right. Just a. You're listening to Napalm in the Morning. Yeah, I have to use that. We can't not. All right. And plus, you know some jackhole DJs out there doing it right now, probably. I got a great idea at Napalm in the Morning. All right, excellent. Let's pay a final visit to the news desk with Dave Schmidtke filling in for the vacationing Tim Riley. Live from the CBS News Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Survivors of the Tuesday night gym shooting in Pittsburgh are still in shock over the event. Jill Mazur says she was late in getting to the L.A. Fitness Health Club. He grabbed my arm and he said, come with me. He said, run. He said, I'll get in my car. And I got in his car. And so there's a guy who sort of... Down. I said, what's going on? He's like, there's been a shooting. And he said, duck down. And he kind of pushed me down. Yeah, so she gets there late and a guy, I think she was walking in, and a guy sort of grabbed her as she was on the way into the building. Yeah. Um, yeah. 48-year-old George Sedini is accused of walking into the health club, shooting 13 people in an aerobics class, and then taking his own life. Police say 49-year-old Elizabeth Gannon, 46-year-old Heidi Overmeyer, and 38-year-old Jody Billingsley were killed in the rampage. So so we uh, move to something. We, we'll just let's, let's take a moment and... Now, yeah, okay, moving forward. In a very unnatural Well, because the whole segue. thing is just, it's just creepy. I mean, yeah. it, it just, and the one that you said, because it is a big story, is that, I mean, it, so the guy had had this whole, like, blog online, which essentially, and I'm just speaking about the guy here. Nobody's trying to minimize or make light of the actual incident, but the guy's blog, which he kept, and, and uh, I saw some assessments online of this, it essentially boils down to, like, women won't F me, therefore I'm going to go get a gun. I mean, that that really is it. If you mm-hmm. read it. It's like pages and pages kept for years and years, but he repeatedly references the fact that like chicks ignore him, and so therefore you know something's got to be done. Be that's it, you know, because yeah, because he because he can't get laid, and so whatever. So f him. Um, the and then he notes at the end, he's like, you know, please pu- pass this around so it will live on the internet forever. Please correct any spelling errors that you may find, though. So, I mean, you know, he's just a jackass. So I'm gonna forget about him now. Mm. He, is, right. he is now forgotten, and now it's time for a Jackson. Watch. Excellent. Here's your Jackson watch to close out the week. This is like in more in more poor taste every time. <laughs> it really is. It wasn't in poor taste while he was alive somehow. Then it wasn't too much. Now it seems like it's uh, it's too much. Here's uh, Dave Schmicky with your double Jackson watch. All right, the late Michael Jackson might soon be laid to rest. Entertainment Tonight says plans for the pop superstar's burial are now in the works. So he's not buried yet. No, he's Hasn't not. Hasn't it been like a couple months? Yeah. I thought after the memorial they like shuffled him off to Buffalo or where. That's what I where thought too. Where has he been? 
But apparently, no. I mean, etonline.com uh, is reporting that the Jackson family has signed some documents which will allow for him to be interned at Forest Lawn Cemetery. All right. Well, that's where they had the uh, whatever. That's where the Jacksons were, were doing the memorial service or whatever. Right. Um, so, but I mean, like, what is the like, what's the holdup? I mean, in other words, mm. I can understand if they were going to try some secret place where they're doing like a shell game of like, look over there, look over there, gone. And then he's, you know, and he's buried in Gary, Indiana. But it's like if they're going to bury him. Where we said they were going to bury him all along, like I don't understand why the why all why all was the waiting. All right. Well, and this this doesn't get any, a whole lot more specific. They say in the six weeks since his death, the Jackson family has been addressing a variety of matters regarding his estate. Well, okay then. One of those might be putting him in the ground. Do we have a, a second half? Yeah, of this? we do. There's a second part of this. this one's a little weird. A woman's blouse appearing to be stained with blood hangs in Michael Jackson's wardrobe, sparking a new mystery over the superstar's death. It still has a price label attached, including that it has been worn and could have been used to mop up blood. The picture, among a remarkable set that emerged yesterday, was taken days after Jacko died. It is thought the blouse was not seized by police probing the 50-year-old singer's death. Um, Last night, leading U.S. lawyer Craig Silverman said it's pretty extraordinary that a bloody shirt would not be taken as evidence. So, yeah, so I guess they're thinking it hadn't been worn yet because the price tag is still on. They're like, well, maybe it was just, you know. Yeah. In other words, like it wasn't worn by somebody, they think maybe, but it was used to mop up blood. But why would you mop up, be bl- mopping up blood, first of all? And, and why would the blouse? And then, yeah, I got yeah. to keep this now. Well, I mean, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's a price tag of $3.99, $3.99, and the label reads, women's clothing, casual top. And also soaked in blood. Yes. So there you go. By the way, as we close this out, so this is, uh, this is sent to me here. This is from oh, the. So col- that wasn't even the weird news. No, no, no. That's not even the weird news. Oh. It no, gets no, no, weirder. No. But this, wait, there's more. Well, this is this is just in a different way. Uh, and then there's a photo that accompanies this. So I got to put something. I got to thank uh, Jenny who sent this to us. This is from the Colombian, uh, which I guess that's the what's the Vancouver newspaper, that's right? The, yeah, right. Okay, so this just says, Rick, this is creepy. I'm reading the Colombian newspaper, and there's an article about the Clark County Fair. The fair is going to have. One of Michael Jackson's rides from Neverland. And then she sends a photograph of it. Here is a photo from the article. And there, uh, there's the midway, and there's the, like, get on the whippersnapper or whatever that thing is. And then the, the other thing, the, you know, the gravid whirl or whatever. So there's all these rides. And then there's a ride that was at Neverland. And it's a huge series of lollipops that you apparently uh, get on top of. And then it, like, whips you around. I'm looking at it right here. It's this regular carnival ride. But it's a carnival ride where the sea turtles shaped like lollipops, and there's a big sign in front of it that says, From Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. So that's actually kind of cool. So if I you want go, to see the picture. It's, uh, Aaron, show you. It's, uh, I don't know if you can see it. You go right there. It's like a lollipop tilt the world that's thing. creepy and awesome. So, well, how could you really verify that? I mean, they're not already hauling stuff out of Neverland. I, I would be highly suspicious. Uh, well, I think but he was selling stuff last year and the year before because he was so deeply in debt. Oh. And plus, he hasn't lived it. That's the other thing. He hasn't lived there since the child molestation trial yeah. because he said, like, that place is ruined for me and it's where the cops strip search me or whatever. Uh, so I think they were already, like, unloading stuff, and I think he was trying to cut some of his debt, which didn't really work. But uh, So that's actually kind of cool. So if you're going to be in that, if I was here, if I was going to be here, I'd go. Uh, so the uh, Clark County Fair is going to have one of uh, Michael Jackson's rides. So there you go. That's your uh, two and a half times Jackson watch.
Excellent. On that note, uh, Dave Schmicky, thank you so much for filling in for the vacationing, Tim Riley, today. Oh, my pleasure. Wonderful to see your smiling faces. You just got to promise me this weekend in New York, look for the cash cab. Okay. No, no, oh, no, no. I look for the cash cab all time. the time. Yeah. Constantly. If I never I take any cabs, but the, um, but the It's vans. like the little minivan the cabs, thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we, uh, that is a thing that we've all agreed on. Hey, like, can we bring you something from New York? Well, uh, if you see a bottle of Sally's soul food sauce, Sally's soul food sauce, can you remember that? Rick? Yeah. Sally's yeah. soul food sauce. Got it. If you, I mean, don't go, you know, out of your way, but if you see that, I would love that. Cause you can't find that anywhere outside of New York. Done, done and done. done. If I, yeah, oh, wait, stop. stop it. Jinx. Jinx. Oh, Jinx. Ah! Ah! Uh, and by the way, if you take the cash cab, always go for the bonus question. It's easier than yes, the others. No right. one ever pays attention to this. I would not this. take the bonus question. I would totally, because it's always easy. It's a, it, it seems like it's always a bit of a it's, a bit of a gimme. It suits us in the Northwest, actually, because it'll be like, uh, what's a Seahawk? Osprey. Uh, geography or like animals, usually. Yeah. And, and we, if I get the cash cab, I'm totally going to call you as my um, my cash call. All yeah. right. Yeah. You don't have to I would me. call you, too. <laughs> I don't know who I call. I guess, I mean, I, I guess I would, I guess I would call you. Um, Thanks, Rick. No, 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 I'm just saying, but, you know, but you want to call some, like, raging nerd, and, you know. You should call, uh, like, you should call Seamus. Uh, call Bruce. Call, Bruce, uh, you yes. know, call, uh, you know, I should just, I should ask if I could Twitter it instead. Just be like, can I uh, please uh, Twitter about this? Don't you mean tweet, Rick? No, no, I do not mean that ever. <laughs> I would call you. Uh, all right, because how could I not? I mean, you know what? It's a shared experience. Yes, it is. As will be our trip to New York in general. So Greg and Sarah and I are going to be gone at various times, but they'll both be here tomorrow giving away a pair of front row tickets to the Summer of Rock. Uh, so you're going to be listening uh, for that. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Dick Uliano, Mr. Skin, uh, Kelly Clark from Alignment Week, and uh, Dave Schmidtke for joining us today. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate we love it. You, Dave. My pleasure. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Dave Schmidtke, and for the vacation. Tim Riley, who returns Monday on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the production assistant extraordinaire. Front desk is uh, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds, and of course, executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s is next with our good friend, Buzz. It is Thursday, August 6th, 2009. I'll be back on Monday the 17th. Till then, thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. You're listening to Napalm in the morning. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.